0: Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM.
1: Alright, uh, paper-wise today, um, obviously we have uh, you know people constantly asking over the last few days, are we going back into lockdown? Will there be restrictions heading into Christmas? Will there be price to pay in January? Who knows? We've just got to just move on as best we can and hope that uh, ICU beds don't... Uh, it doesn't tip over into the red. But at this stage, we are looking at um, uh, almost a third of the country's ICU beds have been taken up with COVID-19 patients. And worryingly and alarmingly, and we were chatting about this this morning, 21 hospitals are now uh, cancelling operations because they're struggling to cope. It's tipping on, tippin on. It's having that kind of domino effect. And you can include Cork hospitals in that. 21 across the country forced to cancel procedi- uh, procedures. With uh, figures of just over 3,000 yesterday, we have 458 in hospital and 90 in ICU. But Muir Martin said that we'd be in lockdown now if it wasn't for the vaccine uptake and the hospitals would be overrun or more so than they are already. There's a new pill on the market in the UK and I guess they're going to, they are going to design and create more medicines going forward, I suppose. So this is an antiviral pill. I think I heard somewhere yesterday that it was originally created for flu, but um, works very well for the treatment of COVID-19. It's called Molnupiravir. That's the first. first. First and last time I'll say that. So that's on the market in the UK and um, might be a question of a little bit of time when uh, it'll also be available here. Papers also talk much, much about climate change. And, you know, there's so much to read and to view on climate change these days with COP26. Uh, more like COP26, out 26, I think, uh, with a lot of countries will promise an awful lot. But how much will, will they deliver? But we're doing the best we can. And it's going to cost huge amounts of money. We're talking about billions. One of the big ticket items, of course, is electric cars. And they're saying by 2030 in this country, there'll be a million of them. Uh, on our roads and that's one of the parts of the ambitious plan to tackle climate change if they want to cut down fossil fuels and gas and oil and things uh, i don't know what the real plan is to replace those with i don't know is it like wind tech i suppose because people still need to heat their homes and turn the lights on but a very very sto- sad story uh, really and truly catastrophic injuries uh, to uh, Miss uh, Redmond O'Callaghan. The front of the echo today has the court report. Uh, and what I think is absolutely tragic, and thankfully her little child was born safe and well, she was 12 months pregnant at the time with her third child. She was a passenger in the car of her husband's car, Miles O'Callaghan, and they crashed. Um the, he, She was a passenger. When he went he went around the bend, uh, across the double white line, at a bad bend on the old Dublin Road, apparently just outside Glenmire, and crashed into a tractor trailer. Now that was before the courts over the past few weeks. Now uh, she was 12 weeks pregnant at the time of the accident. And she carried her baby. Thankfully, uh, the action was against um, was against Cork County Council uh, and the Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland. It was settled yesterday for 14.75 million euro. And her counsel, uh, John O'Mahony, the senior counsel, uh, said that she has been rendered. Totally incapacitated with the most appalling, profoundly serious injuries. And she said she has been left, he says, she's been left in an appalling, appallingly sad state uh, where she does not recognize her children and has been in institutional care since the accident. Uh, so severe brain damage, what they described in court as being off the scale. Very, very sad. And that story was told in the courts, uh, was settled yesterday. Uh, we, had, um, we had the protest at UCC last night uh, to raise awareness of spiking. Can I just say on that topic, um, when, when students at UCC are talking about spiking, they're not just talking about needles. They're talking about all sorts of different spiking that goes on with people's drinks tablets and powders and what have you I was even reading yesterday because I'll be chatting to Lisa about this in a moment her her drink was spiked Um, another form of spiking is actually double dosing your drink Uh, you may not know that but apparently that's also regarded as spiking somebody's drink adding an extra shot of hard liquor into it or sometimes two shots of hard liquor so by the time somebody's had two drinks they could actually have had six uh, I hope that makes sense to you. Uh, the Sophie Tuscan de Plantier case continues to make the news. That's only because the Gardaí are drilling down again into it, following the two documentaries and, uh, and the podcast. So what's happened now is they've got a lot of new leads now um, yeah, because of a lot of uh, media exposure to it. So they're looking now at that, they're examining all of that, and they're following up on all those new leads. And that's where The Sun this morning says, cops in new bid to nail Sophie's killer. But another killing makes the front of the red tops. Um, we live in a very, very dangerous world. This guy was arrested yesterday. Apologies for saying this at this hour of the morning, uh, but he apparently, it's alleged in the papers, uh, attempted to decapitate the woman. Uh, He tried to cut her head off and then he called 999 to report it to the Gardaí. So that's awful. Uh, And then, of course, the story out of Australia leading and thankfully Cleo Smith is back with her family now, but the, the loner accused of snatching her makes the papers today, called guy called Terence Darrell Kelly. He was charged yesterday morning with abducting uh, little Cleo. But the Red Tops are saying, and also the broadsheets are saying this morning, reading really from the mail, that he was obsessed with to- with toy dolls. And apparently he kept a room full of dolls in his house. And his, fo- his photograph actually makes all of the papers today because he had a court appearance yesterday morning. But on a, on a lighter note... um I don't think I'm get to, going to get to all of the little coloury stories that I wanted to read this morning. One of them really attracts my attention. And that is the state of the interior of your car. Now, apparently, it says an awful lot about you, lads. Can I just say for the record, mine is pristine, which probably means that I'm very dull, very boring, perhaps very obsessive about cleanliness and what have you. Or, or also the fact that nobody ever gets into my car. Uh, the big wagon that's used for all of the to and fro and the pull and dragging is my wife's car. I won't say anything about that because I need to go home later. But they say that grubby cars, littered with takeaway wrappers, used tissues, half-eaten snacks, are actually, lads, a health hazard. The dirty interior of your car is a breeding ground for bacteria. So you got all sorts of bugs and critters crawling around in there. Why? Because you're leaving your children's half-munched food on the back seat unfinished bags of um, kitty meals from McDonald's. Um, many, apparently, in the research from, by Karcher, the people who make the car vacuums, like Karcher would hardly say, don't bother buying our vacuums your cars are clean enough. So I understand that. But they say that many cars inside and out haven't been cleaned in at least six months. Um, and one in three motorists admit that their cars are filthy. So on top of all of the stuff, the mould, and a lot of that food gets into the uh, under the seats and into the into the little grooves and what have you and then mould comes along And you got disca- discarded sweets and chocolate wrappers followed by old car park tickets used tissues empty takeaway coffee cups muddy wellington boots dog treats tomato ketchup sachets <laughs> the list goes on old sandwich boxes anyway if you're if, if if you're in either are well you can only be in one or the other group either the clean or the nasty text 0868104106 apparently it's so bad with some people that a third of car owners are so embarrassed by the state of their cars that they duck out of giving friends a lift They saw somebody at a bus stop, for instance, or somebody next door. They wouldn't get involved in car shares or anything because of the mortification of the interior of their motor car. The Neil Prenderville Show. If you want to give somebody um, a little hint, you know, or a little nudge in the right direction without coming out saying, your car is an absolute disgrace, then buy buy them a little car back for Christmas. There's other stories which I'll come back to, but I'm very conscious of time, so I'm going to move along and to it later on. Can I just say that the ABBA have released a new album. It's called Voyage. I listened to it. I had a speed listen this morning. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It doesn't stack up to the back catalogue. Maybe it might grow on me eventually if I listen to it maybe 50 times. But I flicked, I flicked through all of the songs. If a song doesn't catch you in the first 15 seconds, move on. But the only one that did... And I thought we should play a bit of the ABBA this morning because it's 40 years uh, since their last album release. Was it worth the wait? I don't think so. But this one ain't half bad.
2: A while ago I heard a song of children's laughter. Now it's quiet so I guess they left the paw hope
1: is why I am here now. There they go, the blonde one from the ABBA. Well, all four of them. That's not a bad song. I mean, a lot of the other tracks on it are kind of maudlin, kind of mawkish. They're power ballads, but that one's got the power of a single, I think, and possibly a hit. How bad? They're back after 40 years, with uh, ages ranging between 71 and 75. So fair play to them all day long. The ABBA. Okay, uh, just, just quickly then, back to Filthy Cars, which are a health hazard. And a lot of it comes, of course, with the detrius of children. Do you like that? The detrius of children. Uh, One of the big uh, problems with a car is that if you ever, ever spill milk in it, it's game over. You need to trade it in. (laughs) You just need to get rid of it because you'll never get sour milk out of it. But come on, be honest now. Be honest.
3: Okay, well, now uh, caveat: I have three babies under the age of four. <laughs> I understand,
1: I and mean, we were all there. I know that it comes, it's the problem. You see,
3: what really annoys me. I remember my sister has three babies. Well, they're teenagers now, but her the car used to absolutely smell like oh, so ranked. bad of sour milk and things like that. And I swore I never ever would be one of those people. And now I am one of those people. I literally, I went into the car yesterday, opened the door, and there's an unidentified smell in the car. I have absolutely <laughs> it's not no sour idea. Milk, no. I have no idea, it could be milk, it could be gone off Cheerios, gone off Liga. My kids take off all their socks and their shoes in the car for some random reason so there's random kind of socks probably stuck behind things as well. Have you not gone for a route? I I will like I will so this is the thing so Alberto's car is pristine right he cleans both cars every two weeks that's his my is guy. pristine He's no child man. ever gets into it oh is that the reason I'm the same that's so it, yeah. I'm
1: see? gone be so honest th- nobody gets in
3: n- that's it and then but I've the big car with the three car seats in the back um, and so it's manky but what's worse is he gives out to me then he's like that car is filthy really it's repulsive like <laughs> and I'm like that was two weeks of your children be carted left so right are you telling me
1: if I went out there now I'd find nothing except kitty stuff I wouldn't oh, find any of your junk Like, you
3: might find a, a <laughs> Uh, cheeseburger wrapper actually because I did swing by McDonald's two days ago and I haven't cleared it but no I'm a neat I'm a clean neat person I really am but you it's like like all you know they say actually that if you put a little bit of soda bread under the car seats if you have kids um, that it gets rid of that rancid smell but also I have friends who put their kids in the car and like they cannot travel 5k and the kid is puking so the smell of gone off puke is even worse than the smell of That's a little bit more than I need
1: to know at this hour of the morning but it's it's reality It's
3: reality. There's only so much like baby wipes, and if you're on a journey and a kid, and of course,
1: what we haven't mentioned at all is is dogs. I mean, the only the only creature that gets into my car is a dog. And that's Jack in the back seat. So that could be just hair or whatever, you. Uh, but they can stink, particularly if they're in the car after a wet run in the rain.
3: Yeah, and so. I have to say, it's really gross. As a non-dog person, I like dogs, don't get me wrong, but to get into a car that's full of dog hair is really gross. Like, okay. it's even okay. worse than... Kids.
1: Okay, so um, <laughs> what about yourself, uh, Miss Dennehy? You do have a dog, Winston.
4: <gasps> yeah, Winston, yeah. Um,
1: if what's... I went out to your car now, what would I find?
4: Oh, well, <laughs> do you not notice my car isn't outside today no no because I, I have my brother's van and I hit it around the back because I'm driving a white
0: van <laughs> man with white van woman with white van
4: because my car's gone Dodgy. to the garage but I actually had to get my car cleaned out on Tuesday I went down to Nicole in the marina from Revive Me she did some job and had some woman to clean a car I think she's the only part, woman that values cars in Cork but I had to clean it because
1: you cleaned it before the clean
4: because I had to give it to my brother to drive to the garage today because I couldn't be listening to my brother going, your car's a state, your car's a state. And he'd go back to my mum and dad. and your they'd like, Clean out that car. your car, is it? Well, he's taken it to the garage in Castle Island in Kerry. So oh, I had right. his van. Yeah, yeah. So I got it cleaned before, because then the mechanic would be back to the parents going, come here, your daughter's car is filthy. So I cleaned <laughs> it for them. Not really for me, but when it comes to <laughs> the dog. Um, actually... Yeah, the wet dog smell. But your man, Winston, doesn't really shed that much, so he's grand. But yeah, like, but
1: what about uh, half eaten food? No, or, I wouldn't be with uh, food, ju- but bottles. There'd be
4: bottles everywhere. Bottles everywhere. No chewing gum bottles everywhere. You know, everywhere. one of
1: those bottles will roll under the seat, jam, uh, under, your, uh, jam under your brake, and you'll crash.
4: Well, I, that's why. Well, I kind of put them all over on the other side, the passenger side. So, like, when Emer asked me for a drive couple of months ago I was like oh Jesus Christ my heart was in my mouth that someone's getting into the they car they say that a
1: third of it. car owners are so embarrassed by the state of their motor they duck out of giving friends a lift
4: yeah would you just Here. not
1: clean it like
4: yeah but like when I go into someone's car and it's not like clean I, just, I don't say anything but it's other people that like the first thing they say is a steady or a car
3: or a you smoker's know? car mind your own business a smoker's a car, car yeah, yeah. but it, a
1: working mum's car it it gets special dispensation it
3: though. totally <laughs> does yeah. but come here there's nothing better than when the car is just oh, clean yeah, and yeah. the smell it only lasts about 24 hours yeah. car, but it's beautiful <laughs>
1: alright well Karcher wants you to buy a car vac. For someone you love at Christmas time. Maybe Alberta will buy it I for you. For him, yeah. All right, lines open 1850 104 106. You want to jump in on that? Be my guest. Back after the break, I'm chatting with Lisa, whose drink was spiked.
0: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now 1850 104 106. Red FM. Lisa, good morning.
5: Good morning.
0: A lot of talk these
1: days, of course, about uh, drinks being spiked. It's been going on for many years now. But the latest development, of course, is the worry of hypodermic needles. But in, in your case, um, were you a student in Galway in 2019?
5: Yes, yeah, so I was a student in Galway in 2019. Had actually been spiked through my drink.
1: Yeah. And what was really awful about this horrific is that you were, you were waiting for friends, I believe, to arrive to the pub. Was that it?
5: Yeah, so I actually had gone to a bar and there was a nightclub downstairs. So I decided I'd go upstairs to the beer garden on the top floor yeah. to wait for my friends to come. Yeah. So totally in a safe environment, not very many people about. And I just had one drink in front of me yeah. and hadn't even that many sips out of it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And was there many people around you or what?
5: I would say in total there was maybe 15 people upstairs along with me. And, and
1: uh, is it? A, can you recall the evening and what happened, or do you have a blank?
5: No, I can recall parts. So I know. I remember going into the bar and going upstairs because I had the mindset of I would never find them in the nightclub. So we were going to meet upstairs. Good idea. Um, I remember getting a drink and sitting down, and I remember how cold it was. Um, and then after that, I kind of. I just had a wave over me and I stood up because I kind of had an idea in my head that these people are taking a long time to come and the minute I stood up, it was like my legs had gone from under me, my vision had just gone and I was so weak and I was so conscious of my own heart rate as well, which was so unusual, it felt like my heart was going to come through my chest. See,
1: what's amazing, just without jumping ahead. I mean, you got the drink at the bar. You were no, I mean, how did they do it? Like, did anybody approach you, do you recall? Or, you know, was there many people <laughs> at the bar? I, yeah,
5: That's what I always keep going over is, you know, nobody had, no random person had come up to me and talked to me. I was completely by myself. My drink was in front of me. I don't remember being distracted. I know nobody sat beside me.
1: Is there a chance that somebody slipped something into it behind the bar?
5: Well, you see, that's what that's the one is. I don't don't know. And you don't know is it just somebody was walking past and had a lucky shot and got it in your drink as they were walking past?
1: Good God. Okay, so you started to experience the classic side effects of date rape drugs. You said you were very woozy. I think you said that your balance was going. It was like as if you felt you were very drunk, I guess.
5: Yeah I was completely disoriented so I kind of knew myself just I was so lucky that I stood up when I did because I just I had awareness about me at that stage but by the time I had actually managed to get down the stairs of the pub and outside it was a completely different story I had no spatial awareness had no idea where I was who I was what I was doing and it was just in that split second that things really changed really quickly. I was so lucky I did get out in case, you know, somebody was preying on me.
1: Because they would but have, they the would have come to your aid in inverted commas kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah,
5: absolutely. But while I saved myself from one aspect, I also put myself in a lot more danger because I was right beside the river, <sighs> um, right beside the coral. You know, like it was one dangerous situation to another
1: now did you also mention your heart rate did you was it pounding were you conscious of that were you having breathing difficulties as well
5: absolutely so i was struggling for breath i had such pains across my chest and it was really it was so noticeable you know my heart rate um it was a really terrible feeling you know it was something that i'll never forget how it just was very like you were very ill straight away.
1: Nobody noticed it noticed anything with you coming down the stairs or going through the bar or exiting the bar and then you're on the street near the, the river. What happened next?
5: So I actually don't even remember getting myself out of the bar. I know I did it and I did it all myself, haven't talked to the bouncers later on. So I got myself outside and the minute the air hit me kind of into a blast I lost all motor skills almost and I had been heading towards the water totally oblivious to myself and I was so unbelievably lucky that a random taxi driver he just identified me and he said later on when he left me off at my house that he just felt it wasn't drink he felt that there was something much yeah, a miss, And he came to my aid, which I am so grateful for.
1: OK, I'll come back to the taxi driver because you probably met up with him the next day. But how did he find your address? How did he know where you lived? You weren't able to communicate, were you?
5: No, I couldn't communicate, couldn't talk, couldn't anything. Um, so the minute that he helped me into the taxi, to be fair, he had some job to get me into the taxi, I think, um, because I was absolutely no help to him. I couldn't put any weight in my feet or, you know, I was no good um, so what he did was I had handed him my purse and he went through my purse and he had found my room key which obviously you no know, says exactly where I lived and thankfully he took me there straight away and when he got there my flatmates had been there as well and he helped me into the house but things quickly went downhill then after that as well for me.
1: He could have, I mean, he was a kind taxi man who brought you home, but he could equally have been a stranger in a car who could have seized the opportunity to abduct you, obviously.
5: Absolutely. So it was such a dangerous situation. So I was just so lucky that it was somebody that kind of just identified something and knew that something was wrong. So
1: things were bad enough at this stage. You said when you got back to your uh, accommodation, it got worse. How?
5: Absolutely. So... The best way I can describe it is, you know, I've seen videos of myself on that night, you know, my friends took just to show how like certain injuries came by. So for me, it's like a horror movie. I physically was scratching my face all down my eyes clawing at myself clawing at people around me and I had been losing consciousness because of my heart rate and I had other medical conditions so my friends decided that the only option we had was to ring me an ambulance. Yeah,
1: yeah. Rushed to hospital I guess?
5: Yeah, I was rushed to hospital um, so there had been a fear that I was going to suffer cardiac arrest um, because of my heart rate and then just it was a very scary situation you know, I was completely in the hands of absolute randomers that I've never met before, and they were really in charge of my safety and well-being.
1: Okay, but you did you did recover though? Were they able to identify anything in your system in hospital?
5: Yeah, so I had been roofied. Rufinol. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. That's. That can be the date rape drug of choice. There are also yes. things like ecstasy, ketamine, party drugs like GHB, but for you it was Rufi's.
5: Yeah, Rufi's.: And how long
1: did it take you to recover from all of the symptoms and the side effects, which were many?
5: Um, well, I have to say that it took me like physically at least three weeks it was horrific you know like i had visible cuts on like on my face from which i had inflicted myself in the state to like i obviously had fell fallen different things like this but as well like there was a mental side to it so i was in an unfortunate position you know like hours after this happened to me and i had been in hospital i actually had to go sit an exam and i remember walking into the exam hall and people being like oh did you hear about Hmm x that was happened in this pub yeah and to immediately know that oh these people are actually talking about me and as the rumor mill works you know the story gets blown up and you actually have to come back then be like oh it was a date rape drug you know did something happen and you have to sit down and you have to go through that and try to make sure that you know you are safe and that you are in the clear and that nothing actually did happen because you can't remember. You
1: can't remember there are periods that you can't recall but thanks be to God none of that happened you don't have that.
5: Yeah know. thankfully.
1: Yeah but you didn't tell your family though was that because you didn't want to worry them?
5: Absolutely so number one like I didn't want to be answering the questions and it's such an embarrassing thing to to happen to you know you're always told as a female you know watch your drinks don't ever put your drink down but you didn't. you know don't ever yeah and for that to still happen to you know you kind of wonder you know what did I do wrong nothing so I guess I put a lot of blame on myself and I really didn't have to share that with other That's people a shame, I was quite lucky my friends were unbelievable in the situation but I never even to this day you know I never mentioned it to a family member
1: did you contact the guards? Because you say, OK, your friends took videos of you, but there probably would have been CCTV in the pub. was. The, did they ever pick anything up about the event?
5: No, there is no CCTV up in the top floor of the pub, so nobody could see anything. So I was able to see footage of myself coming out of the bar in such a disoriented state. But unfortunately, they weren't able to see anything where the incident actually Well, occurred. the
1: devastating effects of a date rape drug like uh, rufenol or Rohypnol, I should say, um, can kick in within 15 minutes. Um, and that's what happened with you. It's very fast yeah, acting. Absolutely. It really and truly is. And you had all of the, the classic symptoms um, breathing difficulties, memory loss, uh, wooziness, mental confusion, speech going, balance, as you said, your motor skills. Uh, did you track yeah. down the taxi driver, I wonder?
5: No, I actually never managed to track him down. Uh, He was just totally a good Samaritan. And I always had wished, you know, that I was able to thank him and, you know, say that his actions saved me from a worse fate that could have happened.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of different things could have happened, including, you know, uh, a rape and and sexual assault, but also falling into the river, for God's sake.
5: Yeah, absolutely. You
1: You would have drowned. So, are you very conscious since then uh, about socializing and going out in crowds or with your friends to bars and nightclubs?
5: Absolutely. I think you get very paranoid after an experience like that. And, you know, a hangover is not a hangover anymore because you're always, you know, on the edges, Just a little bit worse than what it should be. Yeah. You know, you always have that, you know, kind of scar in the back of your head that you're trying to. Yeah. Trying to think of. Um so I think so. That it's all something that you have to be so proactive on and I'm I'm always, you know, getting on to other people around me, you know. I'll never walk away and leave somebody by themselves in case something happens.
1: Absolutely. And you know, if nothing else, conversations like yours and others that are happening at the moment create awareness of looking out for each other, don't has don't they? That's that's so important.
5: Absolutely, yeah. A simple little thing like two people being together might actually prevent
1: something happening. Okay, okay. Well, listen, I hope you don't mind having to relive it again. I do appreciate you taking the call. No problem at all. Thanks so much, Lisa. Thanks for taking my call. Cheers.
5: Thank you.
1: Incidentally, um, I got a lot of texts on uh, the issue of uh, drinks being spiked uh, and people being spiked uh, and here is a selection of them. Like, for instance, Anthony says, I quite frankly don't believe people are having their drinks spiked in the amount that we're being led to believe. It's the percent excuse for excess Or maybe that should be the present excuse for excess and bad behaviours and almost impossible to prove anyway. I'm aware of students adding methadone to their drinks at house parties. Well, maybe they're adding methadone to their drinks to other people's drinks at house parties unbeknownst to them. Um, You had a medic on about a year or two ago who told you there was absolutely no evidence of people who claimed to be spiked actually being spiked in the vast majority of cases, there are blackouts from mixing a concoction of alcohol and then claiming to have been spiked. Well, I listen to people's stories and stories like Lisa and I take them at face value. Um, it's always a pleasure listening to your conversations with Mary Crilly from the Rape Crisis Centre. Uh, she always gives girls a voice in Cork. I met Mary almost three years ago, even though it was a horrible circumstance when I had to meet with her. She was calming. She made me feel like I wasn't alone. It's been scary listening to all of these young girls stories on your program girls have the right to go out and enjoy a night out without the fear of being spiked or something horrifically life-changing happening it's almost three years ago for me and i still think about it every single day plying even plying drink on people could be deemed as spiking somebody's drink you know cajoling them to drink more and to drink more and to drink more Um, Anyway, assaults on women are, are to be condemned. Alas, our big problem here is alcohol and the constant inability of users to regulate their consumption of alcohol. I do wonder if some parents just couldn't care less. So interesting text. Here's just another few ahead of the break. uh, There have been lots of predators around pubs and clubs for years now. I've heard loads of stories about this happening and it's the same profile every time, says Brian. You don't describe the profile to me, but listen, we are heading into another weekend and if you're out socializing or clubbing or pubbing, Look out for each other. Uh, PJ says, This is nothing short of disgusting. Why in the name of God would you want to do such a thing to another person? I'm stuck for words to describe the sickness I feel for this act. What has society come to? Uh, Neil, it is time for scanners to be fitted at nightclub doors. There are all sorts of rules regarding searching patrons now. Um, And they should have scanners. It's disgusting behavior, says Noreen. Uh, You know, would it be just nightclubs? Would you introduce it into late bars or just bars? Uh, Just listening to you talking about drinks being spiked, unfortunately, it can't come on air as I'm at work. But on the topic of drinks being spiked, I went to a cork pub in September of 2018 with a friend of mine about 10 o'clock at night. We met up with other, another, with our other friend and went to a nightclub. And at about half past 12, I went to the toilet and told my friend to mind my drink. My friend who minded my drink is very trustworthy, so he wouldn't spike my drink. Anyway, when I came back to the bar where my drink was, I had a sip of it and it tasted different. Went to the loo directly and got sick. When I woke up, up, I was in hospital and this was like 8 a.m. the next morning. So I had to walk home with two different shoes, a ripped sleeve on my jumper and shirt. And I couldn't ring my parents to elect me because I lost my phone and wallet which had 50 euro in it. When I went to pick up my phone and wallet that Monday, the 50 euro wasn't in the wallet. My phone wasn't there either. So whenever I got out, whenever I go out on a night out, I finish my pint before I go to the toilet. I never go to the toilet with glass, alcohol in my glass, in case I get spiked again. And that's a male's perspective. And I imagine the ripped sleeve on the jumper and the shirt and everything is literally because you lost the ability to walk and were banging into things and falling And what have you. Keep those texts coming. Text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six. We'll pick it up after the break.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter. At Neil Red
1: FM and into the weekend. So today is a free food Friday, courtesy of yourselves and Oak Far Pizza. So fifteen of you will be fed with six large pizzas, the big, big ones. Garlic bread, potatoes, drinks, dips, and desserts—all of that provided, courtesy of ourselves and Oak And you can get your Oak Fire Pizza across the weekend at Clonakilty, Bandon, Princeton Street, Gillaby Street, and Douglas Village. So text who you are and where you are to oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Tell us who you are, who you're with, where you're working. What you're doing, And uh, we will do some shout outs starting at about 10 past 10 this morning. Pick a winner then just closer to midday and 15 of you will be fed courtesy of yourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. Back to the phone lines. we go. Caroline is standing by, but first up, Greg, good morning. Hey, Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. Thank- and listen, thank you for coming on air. It's a difficult story to share because it's from a man's perspective. You're listening to Lisa. Tell me your own scenario. What happened?
6: Yeah, that's exactly it. When I was listening to uh, Lisa, it just made me remember a scenario that happened to me uh, probably over 10 years ago, um, early in the night. It was a, one of the popular nightclubs in Cork City. And um, I'd been well able to hold my drink. So I suppose I was on my second drink, which I got myself at the bar, and I brought the drink to the table, which was probably maybe two metres from the actual bar. For that particular table where we're, where we're all kind of sitting around... Um, customers can actually walk up and down past as they're walking along the bar uh, to go to where they're going. So, um, as I said, it was on my second drink, but I noticed I started getting very sleepy, and uh, I was kind of literally, to the fact that I was putting my head down to sleep on my, on my on my arms, which is something I would never really do <laughs> if I was out and about. Well, listen,
1: it was your second drink, right? And you were that, in, your, well you were you clubbing? So you were maybe in your late twenties, I think, maybe something like that. I was, I was
6: yeah, yeah I was, well I was able. Thinking about that, yeah, yeah. So late twenties, and um, I do remember thinking to myself that my hand was on my drink. I'd be very cautious with my with my drink on myself, obviously, when I'm out. But I remember holding my my drink. But every, so the drink was on my right hand, but everybody was kind of on my left. So I was kind of looking at them while the drink was on the right. So. I wasn't paying full attention to my drink in my hand. Yeah. So I often think that those who were walking past um, had an opportunity to maybe spike my drink. Uh, but why? Like um, they weren't with you. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, for a laugh, is it? That's the question, isn't it? Why, why go to that demeanour and, and, uh, and do that to anybody uh, is is something we'll probably never understand. Um, but obviously, some people get a thrill out of it. What happened next? Uh, Realising they. Complications that can arise, and the hassle, and you know, even listening to all the other callers you had there over the recent days, it's yeah. me to think that there are, there is that mindset out there uh, that would like to cause that uh, to people. But as I said, up put my arms, my hands, uh, my head down on my arms, and uh, started really getting dizzy, I stood up. The room was spinning. Knew what I was kind of doing, but I knew I needed to get to the bathroom. And um, and I managed to get myself over to the bathroom, um, and I, I remember somebody was walking with me because they were franticing worry was going on, and I couldn't speak, um, and I couldn't explain to them. I was just like waving my hands, like you know, I got this, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Got to the toilet. Once I got sick inside there, um, straight away, I picked myself back up again. I was feeling much much better. So uh, to me, I felt there was something that I just had and had a reaction to. And luckily that I was able to get to the bathroom and luckily that was where I was and able to figure it out and get it sorted out.
0: Bizarre. And that
6: felt much better. better. So I often thought of how other people were not in that lucky situation. Has and anyone, have
1: you ever seen anyone that's been prosecuted for this before the courts where it's been proven with CCTV, CCTV footage or
6: something? I haven't, no. Yeah. No, I have, only have experienced another family member to which it happened to her and um, I was actually the driver uh, so I wasn't drinking that night. I was, I was the designated driver and I same thing happened to her. She was delusional um, and luckily we were there with her and uh, we, we managed to... Um, help her, sorry i'm just i I'm, I'm driving at moment oh no, you're
1: grand cuz lisa was saying this was not, the taxi driver that actually spotted lisa said that he could tell apparently he told her buddies when he brought her home that he could tell that she hadn't had too much to drink this was a different kind of situation or disorientation she she was scratching at her face and scratching her arms and she was ter- she was tearing at her face her face was bleeding
6: and everything exactly so my my sister was kind of similar she was she felt that she had uh, a demon in her and there was somebody chasing her. So in her mind, she kept calling my name, my name, uh, to help her. Um, so we we were, we were very close. So she knew that, that I was there. But I was kind of trying to explain to her, okay, you're in the car with me, you're okay. But in her mind, there was a demon after her. And they were trying to catch her. They were trying to catch her. And she was screaming frantically. Um, but we managed to get food into her and calm her down. Um, we kind of did say at the time that we would see what happens in the next 45 minutes. When uh, we were young, Neil, we, we, you know, we didn't know whether it was cause for medical attention or whether it could just be a good bit of food and maybe get sick and it could start itself out. But thankfully it did. Uh, it, it kind of lasted for about maybe 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and
1: what do you think of people who say that this is all a myth and it's being fueled by the media and it's not true? And A&E departments are saying, well, this was 10 years ago now, last time I checked on this. They were saying that when they checked bloods, they couldn't find any substances in the in the blood, apart from alcohol. You know, that kind of thing?
6: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's it's certainly not a myth. It it may be a myth if you haven't experienced it yourself. That's right, seen, When you've seen it face to face and you've experienced it yourself. And you've done both, yeah. Yeah. I've done both and it's by no means a myth. And uh, I'm a very headstrong type individual anyway. So, But anybody who's fragile, I often worry. My sister would be a little bit on the fragile side. I often worry... Um, for people who get into that situation. um, It can cause
1: brain damage, you know? That's what we're talking about here. It can
6: cause anything, I'd imagine. You know, um, if your heart is pounding, you know, to be banned, you know, heart failure, I'm assuming, could be a big factor as well. Yeah, Um, I I hear you. it's it's it's, it's awful. It really is an awful experience uh, for anybody to deal with. But even from a male perspective, um, you know, to experience that, you know to, how easy it is for a man. I'm, I'm six foot one, uh, fairly stocky. So, um, you know, how easy it is for someone to think that, you know, they can just take anybody they want. And they could, yeah. you know, if
1: they are not caught. Okay, mind yourself. Have a good weekend. Take care. Thank all you, right, Greg. Uh, interesting text here. Sometimes men are spiked if they are with girls who are also spiked, so that the girl is then helpless without the male companion being able to help. I understand what you're saying. My male friend was on a date with a the girl. They were both spiked, but thankfully they both went th- went to different bathrooms as they felt sick, and they both woke up on the respective toilet floors hours later. I mean, it is very, very scary, isn't it? Anyway, text eight six eight one zero four one zero six on that one eight fifty one zero four one zero six by phone. Back after the break.
0: Talk to Neil Printerville now. Eighteen fifty
1: one oh four one oh six Red FM. Una says it's a crime and it should be called what it is—a serious assault with a dangerous weapon. Spiking, calling it spiking, risks diminishing the seriousness of this crime. A syringe in the wrong hands can cause air bubbles, which can travel to the heart and kill, says Una. Well, absolutely, syringes are one thing, and while we do hear of isolated cases of that, popping a pill into somebody's drink. Of course, it's much more commonplace. Is this injecting problem actually an issue? Or is the media stoking up fear? It's been all over Cork for the past week, yet not a single case has been reported to the Cork R.D., you tell me. Yes, well, that was the statement I had yesterday. This is like one of these mass delusional, self-fulfilling prophecies. The more we talk about it, the more we will believe it to be true. Uh, says Richie Uh, and somebody else says the protests uh, uh, and the vigil last night is that the same UCC that partied all through lockdown well it is well it's the same UCC that you have students there who like to party but that's part of student life for God's sake isn't it and anyway that's in the distant past let's leave it there for now Um, I think your show is becoming nothing more but a begging bowl and full of constant sob stories you rarely mention men's issues Kind regards, says Anthony. Well, thank you for that. As the fellow says, I'll take it under advisement. Back after 10. I'm Rory.
2: And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench.
0: That's the Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Oh, Red yes. FM. On
1: a free food Friday, courtesy of yourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. There's great feeding in these six large pizzas with loads of sides. Morning to everybody at Argos and Mahan, particularly Mary McGough and all of the gang. They'd love it for the team. Ailey, is working at home in Mitchellstown, but she's working with Dairy Gold Accounts Payable. And We demolish pizza. That's their mission statement at Dairy Colt. We demolish pizza. Healy's Bread Distribution in Mayfield Business Park. Good morning to you all. TK Marks, TK Max and Douglas are starving. Morning Larkin and Preston. Phelan's Pharmacy at Blackrock Hall. Pat Dalton's Pharmacy and staff on the North Main Street. Uh, Robert working on the Dun Kettle Interchange Project. Well, I'd say those guys, and perhaps gals, would work up an appetite working on the Dun Kettle roundabout. Uh, Cork Distribution in Little Island. Everybody at Bandon Golf Club. Um, They deserve pizza. After having the 18-hole course in top condition 365 days a year. Heronswood Child Care are listening. Roe electrical services on the Tremor Road. Sweetman Builders working in Inishahan. Shannon Brosnan's Property Solutions of Hungry Crew in Carrick Tool. Level 1 in the Victoria Hospital Orthopaedic Ward are also listening this morning. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106 and I also promised to give a big shout out to everybody working at the Mercy Hospital. I was in there on uh, Wednesday uh, and I it was actually in uh, the Bloods section which is got an annex building just off the Mercy and I met uh, a lot of the staff there and the nurses one person kinder than the next all with smiles on their faces doing great work so good morning to all of you guys as well. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six, and we'll do some more shout outs in about 30 minutes time but I need to plow ahead because it's a busy morning this morning as always Caroline is standing by. First up Jillian Jillian good morning
7: Hi, Neil. How are you?
1: For those that say that this is all a myth and media-driven, um, it's good to have examples of people who, you know, are being honest and open mm-hmm. about the situation they found themselves in. What happened to you? Well,
7: yeah. um, basically, Neil, it was it was years going out to be honest. But I suppose no, don't worry so about that. I've been talking about yeah. drinks
1: being spiked with tablets and powders yeah. twenty years ago.
7: Yeah, this is yeah, this is about the same kind of time in really. But basically, I went out with a group of friends. Um, I had one drink literally before I left the house. We went down to, it was a Westcourt town, I won't name it, and went down to the local for drinks. Um, I ordered the drinks for us all. Went down, We sat down, had my vodka and coke, which was one drink, my second drink of the night. We it Literally within a half an hour, I was very dizzy. I fell off, I literally fell off the chair, banged my head off the table, um, I got back up, I was okay, but I was still very dizzy, and the girls thought, well, they thought, Jesus, this one must be after having a good few shots of before, drinking, before she came out, out. You know? yeah, no,
1: yeah.
7: and I hadn't, to be honest, I, I never, I just felt totally disorientated, dizzy, now the girls said, got me some water... I'm thinking I'd be okay. Now, I got up, I walked. We were still, look, we were young, Neil. We were mad, as you are, you yeah. know, when you're 18. Yeah,
8: it's part and of the process. And we were
7: determined to get to a nightclub. And we did. But the two girls literally literally held on to me. We walked over to the nightclub. And literally, when I got in there, I, had, I literally, I, I just felt my legs. I had no, you know, life in my legs. I literally sat down, couldn't get up. Got felt worse as the night went on. And literally one of my friends, you know, got some water, kept giving me water. And I suppose within the half an hour, we she had seen my uncle happen to be in the nightclub. And she literally went over, ran over to him. And he knew straight away because he was, he was actually a guard at the time. And he had seen, you know, people being spiked. And he knew straight away what had happened. Yeah. And I was literally lifted, I couldn't, uh, as fast as I can imagine, literally lifted out of there, you know, without, you know, to be honest, it was just a panic, you know, I thought it was all over. And an,
1: and that was only after one drink, it's, you didn't have any more yeah. after that first vodka and cocoa? No,
7: no, water. Isn't that
1: amazing? Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and, and you know, the I pub you were in at the time when you started yeah. feeling unwell, was it busy? Yeah.
7: Yeah, it was very busy. It was known to be. It was no. I had heard previous people had said that there was, you know, it was associated with drugs. But sure, look, I never took drugs, and I never, you know, I just just ignored that. You know? well,
1: did, you, did you notice anybody looking at you, watching you, keeping an eye at you, from uh, an eye on you from a, um, a distance or anything?
7: I didn't take any notice because there was a good you? few of us yeah. out at the time, you know. But I felt that I look. I don't want to point the finger, but to this day, I do feel it was the person working inside the bar.
1: Isn't that amazing? No. Because chatting with Lisa before 10 o'clock there, her episode mm. in 2019 in Galway, that's the impression yeah. I got as well, that it, w- yeah, it happened
7: to somebody behind yeah. the bar. Behind the bar, yeah. Why, I though? So. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it was It was just... You know what? It's an experience I'll never get out of my head and I'd always be wary, even no matter when I go out. And because I, it was touch and go, to be quite honest. Now, I literally know, I remember being literally, you know, my uncle brought me straight to my mother's house and the doctor had to come up. And literally, it was a case of trying to get me to vomit up. You know, they were giving me all different things to, to vomit up because if I didn't, it was a case of straight. I was getting unconscious, put it that way. I couldn't see my legs. My head was spinning. I was sick for about three days. back uh, yeah, I was yeah. it doesn't go away so overnight. It's the worst hangover you'd ever have in your life. It was very scary. Nah, so That's not you a know.
1: vodka and coke at all. No, that's something not in at the all. vodka and no. coke. Hundred no. percent.
7: No, yeah, yeah. and I I would say like I would encourage young people when they are out to be vigilant and to even if they are drinking even a bottle of even pulmers Bul- or whatever it would be cover the bottle with your finger. You can even, actually you know.
1: buy a plastic cap for a bottle, a rubber cap for oh a bottle yeah. and you you can oh. and you can also buy a bit like you know the covers you might put on a on um you know a reusable coffee yeah. cup you might keep in the car. Yeah. You can buy ones yeah. now for um uh, pints, mm-hmm. you can buy them for half pints. Well, you can buy them for um glasses and also for bottles. Yeah. I mean, that's the world we're living in that's
7: now. That's great. It. It's scary, it really is. Isn't and if it? you think, like, you you know, you'd actually trust the people behind the bar as well. And that's, I think you have to be very aware of where you go, where you are going out. And, you know, it has to make sure that it has a good reputation. And if you do hear anything associated with drugs or anything, I would tell people to avoid those places. You
1: know, and t- was there any investigation into, into what happened to you? Your uncle was a, was a guard, you said, <laughs> he did was anything? The guard. Yeah,
7: guard. Um, to be honest, I never went further with no. it because I didn't want to be. I didn't want any drama. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. But he was like that place had been known for being raided before, and I suppose look, I should have, I should have had more cop on and not go in there. You know, um,
1: yeah,
0: would it be? But, could
1: it be the case that somebody in there thinks this is fun and it makes their night go faster, or they get a bit of a laugh out of it?
7: I'd say so. To be honest, I think there are people out there that are, you know, they'll do anything. uh, You know, they'll do. They just don't care. Or could there be be cases
1: of an ex um, Mm. spiking an ex girlfriend or an ex spiking an ex boyfriend or somebody that had a fight with someone might get their revenge by doing that kind of thing? I'm not saying you know, I'm just
9: kind of come up with anecdotes.
7: Because I was actually Neil, I was in a relationship at the time, and my boyfriend at the time had came in after I had fallen. He was he was in. He called in afterwards, and he came out. And to be honest. Like he was shocked, you know. The whole thing was just shocking, you know, what had happened. He was thinking he wanted to bring me home before I even got to my club, but look. I was very stubborn. I, I know, know and, fine. You That's know what fine. you're saying.
1: Yeah, I do, I do,
7: I do. Yeah. I do.
1: Listen, no. thanks for sharing the story. Let it be a warning to people. No problem. People. people are being very yeah, brave and nice. honest. Cheers, Gillian. Thank you. Take care. Take bye care. Bye bye Lines bye open, bye. open at one 104 106 You can text 0868-104-106. With regards to being scammed then, uh, I was telling you the story of the, I think it's an iPhone 13. I think they retail at 13 or 1400 euro. An email from a chap who bought one off a guy for a grand, and of course, it turned out to be a Chinese knockoff. Who doesn't check the goods before paying for them? These are the reasons why scammers clean up because somebody would hand over a thousand euro, you're saying, without checking what's inside the box and seeing if it actually works well. The horse is bolted, I suppose. Neil, I would never buy electrical goods from Facebook Marketplace, but I have sold electrical stuff myself. I always have a buyer collect from my house so they know where to come if there are any problems. But maybe somebody could explain to me, in situations like, say, Facebook Marketplace, where your man scammed this guy out of a 1,000 euro for a Chinese knockoff, um, do they not have to, I guess they don't, um, have to provide any kind of proof of ID, proof of address, proof of who they are, ...before they can set up an account on the likes of Facebook Marketplace to sell things. Because if you don't have to set up any ID, uh, you can never be caught or found again. All you do is delete the page and open another one and scam the next person. Anyway, lines open at one 104 106 Just earlier this morning, and I'm kind of jumping around, but that's the nature of the programme. I was talking about um, a new survey that's out with regards to the state and the interior of people's cars... It's a lot of fun and a lot of people being uh, very open and honest about the state of their car. When you have small little babbies and children, of course, it's very hard to keep it clean and pristine. It's all right for people who don't or they're grown up. It's probably lovely and they could probably operate inside in the back of it like an operating theater. But with children, you just can't do that. Um, so that was very funny and that was interesting. So we'll come back to that. I might even give away a couple of car valets. You never know. Maybe add it to our list of prizes. But Caroline, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So, which, which team, which 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 clan are you with? Which club are you, the cleaner, or the the manky? Uh, the,
10: the cleaner. Well, the, see the kids. See the kids coming <laughs> the kids? in with the
0: their kids, kids get blamed for everything. Yeah,
10: and, yeah, yeah. Oh, but no, I do like it spotless. The car, but obviously when you're training Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then you've games at the weekend. It's like it's never clean. Like your football boots coming into the car, then you've like them eating rolls if we're travelling like an hour to get to a match and obviously they'll have to have something before they go They're eating
1: on the hoof yeah I
0: understand Eating yeah, on the, the
10: go yeah, like yeah. that's fine and then like about five years ago I remember we went down to Yall um and we went crab fishing and had a ball and I don't know I must have just caught everything thrown it into the little buckets play buckets they had I must have put it where the spare wheel was. So that was grand, anyway. The following week, it was really, really warm. And I was like, oh, my God, what the hell is the smell? So, like, clean the car and that was fine. It was kind of grind for a day. But then the smell had come back. And I was like, oh, my God, couldn't find it. So a week passed. And it was a really, really hot summer. And I remember pulling up outside this castle where we were... Um, obviously going to trek up to this is a good I'd say week maybe two weeks and I was like oh my god I know what the smell is <laughs> went back to the car pulled up to where the spare wheel was there was the bucket with the chicken carcass in it <laughs> obviously it still had chicken bits on it as well as crabs as well, <laughs> well so the like, lads caught oh crabs did god. they in the yeah, water yeah.
1: <laughs> put them into the fishing bucket and you put everything into the back of the car
10: yeah, oh, in God. under where the spare wheel was and now given it was a really hot summer it's definitely about five years ago I'd But then, how oh, so
1: did a chicken carcass get in there?
10: It, obviously we put the chicken carcass onto the, the wire to dip it down to get the crabs all That's right. what we were told oh. to do to dip it in because we actually just went to a uh, butchers in the went
1: fishing for crabs with the chicken carcass?
10: It. Yeah, yeah, that's what we that's were told to we do like so, this, But it caught a lot of crabs though in fairness to us uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they obviously left a good few go like but I don't know I must have been going like come on we'll get going now just and how you, how is
0: it you
1: didn't notice a bucket full of crabs and a chicken carcass and you opening the boot and putting it in there
10: but it was in under where the spare, who the
1: put spare it, wheel who was. put it in under the spare wheel
10: I I I, I might have <laughs> I don't know I can't remember when I was trying to round up the kids obviously I had three there was three kids with us the time. <laughs> my two and a friend And obviously shoving them into the car, I must genuinely just... The smell of rotting fish and the smell
1: of rotting chicken.
10: It was so bad. Did you get rid of it eventually? Oh, I did. I remember pulling up outside the castle and it just dawned and he going oh my God, I know what the smell is now. And I went back and I pulled it up and there it was. And I just caught the whole lot obviously and found the bin nearby and threw it in.
1: Made it somebody else's problem. But how did you get rid of the long-term smell? Because just because the crabs are gone and the carcass is gone doesn't mean that the smell goes.
10: Completely opened (laughs) up the car, washed obviously where all the spare wheel was and just dosed it in and Febreze and all that and it was fine but we did get rid of the car soon after so <laughs> it was fine. Now we have a Jeep and I only cleaned it out the other day and himself actually washed it yesterday. Like it's every weekend we get into the car it's like there's a football pitch in it with us. <laughs> I know, yeah. Like I don't know like even if they take the the football boots off outside the car it still ends up inside the car like it's just it's never going to be I can again. understand
1: I can understand somebody with young kids and families but I have and I you know I'm not going to point fingers at it because as I say I have to be able to go home at lunchtime. but I have yeah. seen I have seen 20 somethings cars and the interior of them and it's like a bomb's gone off in them and I'm thinking why in the name of God would you have so much junk in it when you're the only person in it like it's not yeah, it's not you know? It's
10: wrong. It's, <laughs> no. it's, especially I mean, when you're sitting in it every day, like, and look, dirt <laughs> is dirt from the kids from the football pitch, but I'm not one of these that would have, like, you know, bottles or, you know, papers or anything like that. Like, maybe <laughs> once the kids, if the kids eat something and there's papers they they take it out with them.
1: Well, a spilt baby's bottle is another one. It must be a right head record because that smells. I is-
10: would have. I would have taken that though over the crabs and the carcass
1: chicken no bother at all oh my god thanks Caroline you're a great crack thank you so much
0: cheers no bother thanks Neil all the best text the Neil Prenderville show now 086 8104 106 RED FM keep
1: those texts coming and pick up the phone on 1-850-104-106 you may have heard um, some news stories earlier in the week about uh, the uh, figures and statistics for Alzheimer's in this country um, and th- th- because I heard one of the news bulletins earlier in the week and there were some of the stats are quite alarming 64,000 people with dementia in Ireland and that will double in the next 25 years to over 150,000 by 2045 a year I, I would be very interested to know why uh, more and more cases are, are presenting there's 11,000 new cases of dementia in Ireland each year um, and that works out about 30 people every day and anyone can get um, Alzheimer's, are, which, which in itself is, is dementia, even people in their as young as their thirties or forties, or indeed fifties, and it's progressive, and, and there's currently no cure for it. Um, and one in 10 people diagnosed with dementia in Ireland are under 65. And and I just give you those statistics to put things in context because I came across the most beautiful story of the most lovely couple, Caroline and Jim Colbert. It's a very touching journey, actually, that they have together in their lives, but the the changes in their lives because of Jim's diagnosis of, of Alzheimer's um and there's also a beautiful song connected to this story, a beautiful song by, by Don Meskel called The Last Song. It's their song, but it's a lovely, lovely story where you try it as best you can, uh, to turn negatives into positives. And I'm actually joined by, by Caroline, uh, Jim's husband. Caroline, good morning. Good
2: morning, Neil. Lovely I, to chat with I you. I know.
1: And it, it can't be the easiest story to, to have to retell because in one sense, you had, you had so many plans together, didn't you? You, you. Oh, you, Neil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, You met, just talk about how how you met because I think both of you met when you went back as mature students to college, was it?
2: I like, you're very kind, um, Neil, to call us mature. We were, walked into a classroom and there was Jim and you know the way you instantly just like someone? Um, I'm lucky that the person I liked I fell in love with but to like somebody is lovely too. And you what look, I think I added
1: think to the fact that he's dropped down yeah. handsome as well.
2: Isn't he? He is, he is just <laughs> a dude he is and, you know yeah and though, when he I was very lucky that that blint in his eye was bestowed on me that day well and done still is, and I'm yeah. very blessed
1: yeah. yeah yeah so you clicked as the fella says
2: we did yeah. we did and um, we studied together and you know the wonderful thing about that is because what we were studying was coaching we had to break up into groups often and coach each other
1: life coaching so, wasn't it
2: Yes, so we became great friends, and before we ever went on our first days, we knew each other inside out, backwards, so, you know, we knew everything about what and all, because in that you're, you're kind of delving deep and um, discussing things that you wouldn't normally discuss on a date with somebody. So by the time we went on our very first days, we walked Garyville Beach, which we kind of came our Thursday nights were our date nights anyway, and we'd walk Garyville Beach, and then we'd go for something to eat, and that continued um, and he is honestly, I'm very lucky, Neil. I think in life you get to meet that one person who makes you a better person, and he, Jim did that for me. And I'm so privileged that today you were turning what was a heartbreak into something happy. And you, we like, yeah, you know,
1: yeah. You, I mean, you clearly married, obviously. Um, we did, and settled down we together, and that we was had all a
2: Huge f- wedding, Neil. <laughs> there was. Six fit people at.
1: <laughs> Why?
2: Could you and not this, rustle up a crowd before, or what? This was before all of this COVID stuff happened. You know, we just thought, uh, you know, like, I mean, I wasn't going to be rocking up in a big white meringue anyway, but we just had, just had his, his best friend, Paddy Crow and his wife Nancy, and I had my best friend Kathleen and her husband Michael, and we just, we got married in the winter solstice 2015. And it was one of those days that we just kept looking at each other and going, gee, we're lucky. You see, we knew we were lucky. We knew you don't get a chance later in life to have the connection that we had. I know. With Jim, it was never the big stuff. Like, we, Jim was a big believer, as he used to call them, the small hits. Because he used to say, if the small hits don't do it for you, the big stuff will never work. (laughs) And for us, we'd walk the beach and be ridiculously happy. Like, Killarney was one of our go-tos and we spent a lot of time in Dingle. So, I have, like, I have, I have a cloud full of gym.
8: Yeah, you'd head off
1: in the car with a picnic and a flask of tea or coffee, you'd be as happy as Larry. But you you have a map on the wall, and I think much of the planning was little pinpricks on the wall, little flags as to places you would go to, or had planned to go to, was it?
2: That's not there, no. Um, Initially, after the diagnosis, I went into, like, there's two states me love and fear. If you're not in one, you're in the other. And I went down into the depths of fear and it's not nice, but I didn't stay there too long, thankfully, because there's no way Jim would ever operate from a place like that anyway. Um, And we had a map of the world on our bedroom wall and we'd look at it and go, where next? And we would plan. And one of the places that we wanted to go to was India. And we were very specific. We want to go to, to Kerala. And life is so kind to us. And honestly, Neil, I could bore you with the number of blessings that we've had on this road but Kerala was our favourite place. Yeah. On Jim's care team now at Oak Lodge, he has four people from Kerala. I
5: hear that. So yeah. Kerala, four of the
2: nurses Kerala, are from Kerala in they India, I and mean, honestly, like, but um,
1: yeah, you. I'll, I'll the com kindest. Com ba- yeah, I can imagine there would be. Uh, yeah, they, they, you you burned Thank that you burned that map I of did. the world world in a fit of anger. Sure, that's understandable. That's understandable. I
2: mean, I, Jim has a beautiful sister, Geraldine. You know, and only that she arrived on one of the days. I am going to burn a chair. I got a lovely chair that used to be my dad's chair, he upholstered for Jim. And uh, Geraldine walked in. And she goes, "Oh, how are we today?" And I said, "I'm going to burn that chair."
1: You felt cheated. Oh. You felt Gosh. cheated. Neil, you felt robbed. So robbed. And that was so. You married in 2015. 2015. Um, and do you mind me asking about early yeah. telltale signs, Caroline?
2: You see, Neil, if you met Jim today, he still is vibrant. This healthy looking guy, Jim, honestly, if I was ever eating stuff that, you know, wasn't great, he'd say, Karen, really, you really want to eat, Chris? You know they're bad for you. He trained right, he ate right, he was either, off, like, on Sunday mornings, he'd say, I might go off there for a bit of a cycle, and he'd come back and say, where did you go, Jim? I just went to the City, and then I did another loop, and then I came back. He was super fit, and that's the thing, you see, the last thing you, I ever crossed my mind was, this could be dementia, like... And initially it was a thing called, I remember the day uh, he was in for tests and um, it was, they said he has autoimmune encephalitis. And I thought, that's a big word, but yeah, we can handle that. But how did
1: you even notice that he needed, how did you both notice he even needed a test?
2: You see, little things were happening. Um. I, again, because we were older, meeting each other, we didn't waste time but mind games. Are we? We honestly, it sounds cheesy, but we rarely argue because we've nothing to argue. But we liked each other.
11: Yeah.
2: And <laughs> um, so he would say things like, um, "My phone isn't working," and I'd say, "Okay, let me check it." And I check it, and I'd say, "Jim, there's 17 voice messages here that you haven't picked up." And then he'd say, "Well, nobody's telling me this, you know." Um, and we had a pack worn in and out to the the 2 shop because. Jim would say, "Look, the phone is broken." Are we going? And we go in, and I say, "Yeah." But, he, he said, "It's not ringing." And they test it, and they said, "This seems to be fine. We can't see any problem." And then one day he came in, and he said, "My car won't start." And I thought, "Do you want to take mine?" And he said, "No, no, just take a look." And being the rogue that he is, you know, I went out, pushed the button, and the car started. And he said, "Oh, thanks." He said, "Must have just been something wrong with it." But I thought, there's something, yeah. there's something, this isn't. And
1: Is that confusion? Life, Is that confusion setting in, do you think?
2: I think it's just like no... Um, Neil, Coordination. I think I, think I I could go on Mastermind at this stage and my specialised subject would be dementia. And and that's all thanks to the trainings that I undertook with the Alzheimer's Society. Neil, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was floundering and... And I remember the very first thing um, Grace Corkery, who was the nurse manager at the daycare in Besborough, said what's your daily routine like? And I said sure, you know, every day is different. And she said, Caroline, first bit of advice, make a structure to your day. Give your day a routine. Involve Jim in the routine. So we had a big blackboard in the kitchen and I'd say, look 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock you're doing this, 11 to 12. And it was brilliant. Oh,
1: That that, that 12 structure 12. must have come in sometime later when when there were yeah. more symptoms and he was starting to struggle oh, more, yeah. was it?
2: Yeah, like after the tests were done, um, because Jim was so fit and healthy and he'd never really been in hospital, when he was in the bonds after the first night, he rang me the next morning and he said, um, do you know where you go for breakfast here? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, where's the breakfast room? I said, that's a hospital, that's not a hotel. And we both laughed. And he said, oh, I said, they bring uh, bring you the breakfast. But you know, when I look back, right, um, there was a lovely uh, um, care attendant looking after Jim that week, you know, the way they do when they do brilliant work. And the day we were leaving, she said, what are your plans now when you get home? And I thought, oh, I said, we're going to have coffee. We're going to go for a walk on the beach. And she said, no, your care plan for Jim. And I thought, what do you mean? She said, dementia, you know, it's it's a, it's a long journey. And I thought, oh, no, you, Jim doesn't have dementia. And she oh, I'm so sorry I spoke out of
1: turn. Oh, she was all God apologies. Sake, really? Is that how you found out?
2: No, no. Like, at that stage, that girl had obviously thought, by the way he was presenting.
0: That that's uh, what he had.
2: Yeah. And she was right. I mean, oh, we yeah. never thought. Um, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we went down fixing it. I went down, we were going to fix this met this thing called autoimmune encephalitis. And in a way, you know what, it gave us a lovely buffer because um, we were able to have discussions. We started having real conversations then um, because it was a huge wake-up call. What and would those conversations
1: have... be like, say, involving Jim? If, if, if uh, say, for instance, you, you knew know, it was Alzheimer's and it was going to be progressive, how did he feel about that? How does he feel about that?
2: Well, you know, the, the wonder of Jim is he loved a plan. And anybody who knows Jim would know, like, he had a notebook and a pen. And I'd know by the way he'd say my name, whether this was a conversation about a plan or this was, will we go for a walk? Um, and like we sat here one night, and he just said, God, oh, that was a bit of a, a moment, wasn't it? And I said, yeah. And he said, imagine if it had been Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that. And I said, I know. And he said, well, you know, I'd like to try and, like, maybe... I should plan in case it was. He said, I really need to start looking at life and make some decisions. And of course, I was saying, Jim, seriously, you don't need to make a plan. This we we'll fixed fix this. Yeah. I'm researching it. I'm Googling it. Like we're going to, We went for so many different opinions and to so many different therapies and had so many different scans done and researched so many different protocols and did them and yeah. followed them. Yeah. And it still wasn't. Because
1: at itself. the same time, was he progressing then with the telltale science?
2: Yes, yes. Like when he, when he came home from bon, the Bonds and he'd had this uh, treatment, these infusions for the encephalitis, I thought, happy days he's back. You know, and initially you could see there was an improvement. Um, but now, you see, I have a library of um, videos and since 2017, every single day I've journaled about the days of Jim, you know, how he is today, what I've noticed, yes. what we did. You what were so you, take, we you
1: were taking videos of, of Jim?
2: And, and writing about him yeah.
1: um,
2: and the thing is this I, I hope someday it will be a body of work that they can use in research or that it might help one other person because I and I didn't set out to make all these videos from that point of view, I wanted to to capture him like I wanted to, to record our conversations and the fun things we did and um, like our very last trip to Killarney um, like we made a, a smaller bucket list and I said, Jim, what would you like to do, you know? And um, and this was after we knew that it was it was this uninvited guest that was coming to live with us. And we said, look, you know what? We, can, we can't battle this, Jim. And he said, he was never a battler. He was never that kind of guy. So he said, look, the game is up a bit, isn't it? And I said, yeah, I think so. And he didn't like the word dementia. So I said, we, we sat one night and we had a laugh. And I said, what will we call it, Jim, instead of dementia? And we came up with Freedom. And uh, I said, do you like that word? Much better, he said. I now have the freedom to get, to do what I want when I want. I don't have to answer the phone anymore and I don't need to drive. Because to approach the issue of not driving, we kind of said, look, um, just for now we take a break from I driving. Know. And he was quite happy. I
1: know. I and heard, I heard, it, a, t- I heard it a term years, years ago um, yeah. where they described Alzheimer's as the long goodbye. Did you ever hear that?
2: Oh, me. So many people will tilt their head and say, oh, uh, I suppose there is that act, there is that side to it. I think I'm very fortunate. The man that I fell in love with um, and loved dearly changed. Like, it, it does change the person. But I'm lucky because I've fallen in love with this other person too. Um, looks the same as him, would still act a lot the way he did, but um there's, 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 a, there's a magic, what's, I
1: suppose, what's missing? to accept it.
2: Uh, does, you know. um, I suppose the essence of him is still with us, you know, and that's the thing. Um, Jim is still incredible at hugs, loves them. Um, and I think people sometimes make the mistake of thinking, um, sure, there's no need for me to sit with him or see him because he doesn't know. He absolutely does. Um, And this is one of the things that when I did the training with the Alzheimer's Society, it was really made clear. The essence of the person is there. Okay, they may be fairly non-verbal. And the words mean, you see, all the neural pathways in your brain get scrambled. So you you know now you're going to pick up something and you know it's called a phone. But with this, you could be picking it up and the word that will come will be banana. But that's okay. You know, um, so the neural pathways get scrambled. Language gets affected. Um, but honestly we can still communicate we just do it differently and we like music was a big thing that we both loved and, um, and Jim still does and I, I played a song for him as recently as yesterday and I took a photograph of him um, and he's there laughing his head off because he's looking at the video looking at me and saying that's me and I said it is you and he thinks it's brilliant he, he's loving all this you know so um
1: does he does he yeah. does he still know that you're Caroline that you know you there is your his his wife, his lover his best well, friend
2: uh, you know I mean I bet you've spent time with someone and you've walked away, and it would never have been what they said to you. It would have been how they made you feel and mm. um, so it's not in the way that we have this discussion, but in the feeling realm definitely
1: I get it yes you're you're giving me a sense that it's deeper than that
2: oh absolutely. N- 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 that the essence and the spirit of the person is there. Jim is more than Alzheimer's and more than dementia. Yeah, yeah. This is a condition he's living life with. But we're living through it, you know, and we're, we're loving through it. And that's the thing. I, um, I, I, and that's why the song we listen to, because I honestly believed... When I when we used to play that I really believe that Don Meskell had had experience of somebody So how
1: did Don he, the way he wrote it yeah how, how did Don yeah. Meskell's song the last song come into your life
2: I have no idea but we listen to music every you know when you know your time uh, is is a bit more limited you really grab every moment and you celebrate everything and like I cap, I've been capturing those images and memories and um, for a long time so then, I'm not great with technology. I'm a bit of a technology turn-up really new, but I was able to manage to put, make videos, and I used to put that song in the background. And um, I was sitting at the laptop one night, and I was playing a playlist, and next thing, this song came up, and we both listened to it, and we both cried and said, whoa, isn't that fantastic? So but it became song, our go-to yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. And then it became, like Jim, as things progressed, he would say, will you put on my song? And I knew which song he meant. And I said, yeah, so last March, it was absolutely teeming rain outside. It was one of those miserable days where you really look at life and say, ah, would the universe please just cut me a little bit of slack today? Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. um, I had played the song and I just thought, you know what? I wonder, does the guy who wrote this know the difference it's made in my life? I sent him a message, and I never thought, I thought I'd get back, you know, one of those standard, um, we'd like to thank you for reaching out to us, and we would pass on this message. No,
1: no, you me. got one back saying, this is Don Mescal, yeah. is there anything I can do to help?
2: And not even that, like, <laughs> what he wrote, um, I thought, oh my God, and I said, have you had experience of of this disease? And he said, I'm really blessed my mother is 97 and I'm allowed to say that because seemingly I asked John that, like, um, is it okay to give away a woman's age? And he said, my mother's really proud that she's 97. So, yeah, he's from a family of 11 and he said they have robust good health. And he was just um, so engaging then. And then we, we communicated for a while and then he just said, look, if there's ever anything I can do. And I think I learned the whole giving back to the universe from Jim. He was just like that. So,
1: can we listen to your song, yours and oh, Jim's song, would you mind?
2: Well, then you know you can't talk to me after that
1: because I'm a crier, Neil. That's all right too, girl. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a beautiful song. Okay. I've admired Don Mesco's work for years and years. He's, he's one of the greatest singer-songwriters. He, he writes for people all over the world. He's a huge well, talent. You know,
2: what, you know what, Neil? He is, as they say in Cork, he's dead Soundboy.
1: He's, he's soundboy. Okay. Let's have a listen. This is your song, the last song.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Neil.
9: May the sun rise up to meet you At the start of every day
10: carolina
1: Caroline, that is the most beautiful song, isn't it? It's a message <laughs> and a lesson to all of us, isn't it? Ah, oh, that's an incredible story. It
2: is. It is. It's, um, and I I I'm very privileged. I was invited um to meet Don at His home, at Quivy Church in Cavan, um, and he honestly, uh, oh, made me a cup of Barry's tea to calm me when I relaxed because I was just completely overwhelmed. I mean, I knew I was going to meet him to share my story, but you feel the weight of I'm sharing the story. It's like there's hundreds. Of knees out there that yeah, are yeah, that, are, yeah. lo- that lo- are loving people through this. Um, it's a
1: powerful song. Uh, just don't go away there, because I okay. just want to have a quick chat with Don Meskell. Don, good morning. Okay. Good morning. It's lovely to chat with you because I always wanted to talk to you down through the years because I'm a huge and admirer of your work. So, thank you. And yours.
8: You. Me too. <laughs> it is an
1: incredible song. Do you ever think that when you wrote that some years ago, because I remember the song, that yeah. this was the reason you actually wrote it?
9: Well, you know what, Neil? I, I always feel that I've, I've felt through my life I, I, so many times that, you know, you almost feel like you're just holding the pen and something is channeling through you and and those songs seem to be the ones that I've found kind of over the years that really um, not alone give me a sense of 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 kind of joy having written a song but also when people kind of come up to you and say you have no idea what that song means yeah, I know me. they can relate to I, it I kind of realised then that, that um, maybe when I was younger I didn't have as much of an appreciation for the gift from God or the universe or but now um, I certainly do and you know when I received that um, message I'm just listening I'm just sitting here listening to Caroline and I mean she's a force of nature I mean I'm so humbled by her you know um, and their story and and when she contacted me even the way that she contacted me I have to tell you I'm not great with social media or um, kind of anything to do with the internet really I'm just uh, it's just not my thing And I'm lucky that I have um, somebody that helps me out with that. But, but, uh, you know, uh, Caroline's message just seemed to get through to me. And when I read the message, it was was almost one of those moments where even if you wanted to, you just couldn't ignore it. It was just something that kind of leapt out of the message to me and went straight into my heart. And I needed to know more.
1: And of course um, you you have shared some of that journey with her to the sense that that's being re-released uh, now song uh, the last song has been released song yeah. as the last song song for Jim for the Alzheimer's association
9: society of Ireland. yeah yeah and I'm so I'm I'm so truly blessed to be part of this you know I mean Carolyn um, doesn't realize how special she is and that's lovely when you're in her company she doesn't like I, I was looking at her when she came up to visit me at the at where I live at the church and um, I was thinking this lady could have wings. This is an angel. I'm speaking to here. Yeah, and she was it, describing this journey with 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 Jim, and and the
1: journey and of so many others, right?
9: Literally, like so, so many, many, many others. Other it was people. almost like she was speaking for all of these people. And one of the things that actually struck me about the video was that um, there were these beautiful photographs of of couples. Um, and you weren't quite sure in the photograph who was the one that was suffering from the, yeah. um, the Alzheimer's or the dementia, because all you saw was the love, you know, the smiles, the hoax, that affectionate human thing. And that's what I have to say that has really, it's kind of affected me, to be honest, This this human kindness. That seems to be pouring out of these people and their acceptance of their situation. And uh, for me, as a songwriter, there is no better yeah, um, yeah, reward. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It doesn't get better than. Well,
1: that. thank you for your humbleness. Because if I weren't talking to you with Karen, I would be talking more about your talent, about your songwriting abilities, and those that you've written for all over the world. We're not even <laughs> going to touch on much of that. The the sixteen million <laughs> hits online, the albums that you sell the talent the app the backing vocals on that are just glorious who is that
9: that is olivia keith the lovely olivia keith who i am very fortunate to have in my band um and i reached out to olivia she's based in the uk because i used i was based in the uk for the last 30 years really i've just moved back now to ireland but yes so she was absolutely delighted to um to help out Gorgeous. Yeah, she's such a great singer. It's
1: all of that, that, and lots more is on the Lighthouse Keeper album, isn't it? From about 2018, that kind of thing.
9: Yeah, the Lighthouse Keeper was it was a was a, was a joy to to record and to tour and everything. And um, yeah, it, it it was a chance for me, I guess, as a songwriter, to to maybe put some songs on a record that I felt you know kind of very very attached to, and that was definitely one of the songs. The original version it was with um, my friend Mara O'Connell. Um, in the Nashville powerhouse form.
1: talent out in Asheville Yeah,
9: all lovely ladies in <laughs> my life. <laughs> You're a lucky guy. You're a lucky, guy. I'm a lucky
1: don't, guy. Don't be a stranger on Lee's side, Don Mescal. Don't be a stranger, my man. I might be. I might be back. Um, I might
9: be back in that part of the world um, pretty soon. Okay. Will so.
1: you guys hook up again, Caroline? Do you think yourself and Don, or do you just communicate by phone now, or or what? Has like has Don, met, has Don met Jim, for instance? Not yet. I am. But he
9: will. Oh, I'm so he looking will. forward to meeting Jim, and I'm I'm hoping actually that that's going to happen. Um, uh, depending on things before Christmas, um, I oh had really. the idea that maybe perhaps I do a little um, a little live rendition of the song. Oh my Car- god! Car- well, Caroline told me that um, there's been many times that she's gone in um, where where Jim is. And they've been dancing to the song. And I thought, oh, my God. That's I his to, song. His, his world yeah, lights I up. Yeah, yeah, I have to see this. It's their song.
1: Listen, Ka- Caroline, if that is part of the journey, please do come back to me when that happens. And let's see if we can make I that happen. Need. Thank all right.
2: you. I need to answer your question. i poor old There's No getting rid of me now.
9: are <laughs> <laughs> stuck with her now, pal. <laughs> Caroline is that welcome is. here anytime, anytime. Two beautiful really people. Have. It's
1: lovely to chat with both of you. Stay in thank touch, so Caroline. Much, and geez. Don, thank you I for will. taking thank the call you. this morning. Cheers, thank guys. Thank you so much. Okay. The great thank Don Meskel, Meskel and the incredible Caroline Fraher-Colbert. And our thoughts are with Caroline and indeed with Jim. We'll pick it up after 11, but can I just give you a, a couple of helpline numbers actually just on my conversation regarding Alzheimer's. The Alzheimer's Society of Ireland are a 1-800 number should you wish to get in touch. one eight hundred three four one three four one. 341 Back after 11. Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best, and newest names
0: in Irish music. Get it off your chest. Call Neil <laughs> Prinderville now. 1850 104 106. Red FM. Now, following up on my
1: conversation with Caroline and uh, the uh, release of um, Don Meskel's song, that song is available for download and streaming from today. And there's a new music video featuring people living with dementia and family carers across Ireland also available online. And all of the funds raised from the downloads and indeed any donations you would like to provide will fund the Alzheimer's Association of Ireland's, sorry, the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland's dementia support and services work across the country. So if you loved that song, as I did, it's a beautiful song and it's a mantra for all of us. It's a message and a lesson to all of us. May love be the last song that you sing, Don Meskel's song for, for Jim and for Caroline. You can download it or stream it from today and good luck to them all now uh, lines are open on one 104 106 text 0868-104-106 and today's a free food Friday courtesy of ourselves and an oak fire pizza so some more shout outs and chatting with Caroline and Don before 11 about Alzheimer's the Alzheimer's Society are listening right now in Besborough, And we'd love pizza. They work so hard all week and are extra hungry. Uh, gay children in Little Island are on board. AP Vaughan Recycling and Tower. Bluebell Child Care in Belgoolie. St Mary's Primary Care Centre. Love the show. Thank you. Sweetness here on Beauty and Blackpool. Uh, Douglas Nursing Home are listening, particularly Connor. He said, I'd love to feed the hardworking medical staff. It would be a great treat. We work hard to keep all of the residents safe. Everybody at Bridgewater Homes in Black Rock are listening. Blockwall Developments in uh, Ballinclana. Uh, my girlfriend Katie is getting her finals today, graduating from UCC. She deserves a treat after her years of study, Ross Precision and Duke or O'Farrell's Butchers in Main Street Middleton. Oh, I got a text earlier in the week saying that they reopened this week. They reopened yesterday. So they've been very busy. Four weeks renovating the shop. Morning all. Flyco Engineering and fromoy Leisure World in Churchfield. On Post. And they tell me at On Post that they're already very business, very busy, I should say, with Christmas and the parcel lads could do with a treat. John O'Leary, Express Servicing, entire centre and Tire cross, Centre Cross Barry as well. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868-104-106, who you are and where you are, and we'll do some more shout-outs again in about half an hour's time. Pick a winner just before midday. Also, you're listening out for your opportunity to win yourself a family pass for the Alpine Trail down in Fota. When you hear this again... <laughs> Okay, family pass for the Alpine Skate Trail, and that opens for skating and trailing on November 12th. Further details at IceSkatingIreland.ie. Okay, now this sounds, this actually sounds quite harsh to me, I have to say. Daria, good morning. Can you hear me all right? Daria. No, that's not happening. I was going to chat to her about her own situation regarding with, uh, I mean, she has to go overseas for very, very important surgery, but needs to take her kids with her. So I will come back to that in a few minutes time. Uh, On the point of Lottie Ryan uh, and what I mentioned earlier in the week and the grief and the abuse she got online uh, when she said uh, that she has to go back to work and she has to send her daughter or is sending her daughter, her child anyway. I think it's her daughter. I'm not quite sure now. Crash, child might be about five or six months old and people were given a grief, bad mammy kind of stuff. Just a point on Lottie Ryan. When my children were born 18 years ago, I got 12 weeks leave. I finished two weeks before my due date, so I had 10 weeks after. Uh, no child died, Neil, because parents had to go back to work. Now people get six months leave. Do not criticize her when we don't know her circumstances. So thank you for that. And uh, a lovely text then with regards to topics over the past couple of days, including, including, because um, this, this started, had a, had a bit of a twist, but I was trying to find, there are top 10 headwreckers that wreck women about men and top 10 headwreckers that wreck, that wreck men's heads about women. So I read them out a few times, not going to do it again. But this got turned on its head by you guys who are more interested in talking about The wonderful men in your life, whether it's your partner or your husband or boyfriend or dad for that matter. Big response to that. So, after the break, some more of those emails. And if I can get a couple of calls on, I will. Let's see if that line's been sorted. Daria. Yes. Oh, it's better. Sorry, you couldn't hear you there. Maybe you couldn't hear me. I know, I got cut off. (laughs) That answers the problem then, doesn't it? Anyway, I was just saying that I thought that what the passport office said to you was very harsh.
12: I know. Um, I actually gave them all the evidence that I need to go abroad for the treatment. No,
1: no, you're you're unwell, and you need. Yes. You've had three surgeries, and you need to go overseas for more treatment. Is it?
12: Well, the thing is now they're talking about a fourth surgery in Ireland, but there is not a doctor that wants to really open up again. So the doctor suggested I go home in Poland and abroad and that um, consultant or the specialist will look at me. OK,
1: well, I have to tell you that many, many uh, appointments now, including surgery, has been cancelled in hospitals yeah, all over Ireland. Exactly. So I understand where you're at. So with that in mind, then, um, was there a problem with one of your daughters? Is it your daughter's yes. passport?
12: Yes, I knew all along. Now I, I had an operation on... September the sixth, and I knew all along I had to do something that is not fixed. So I applied for the passport on October thirteenth. Um, everything was fine; everything was moving along. I was told the passport should be here on the eighth, um, and and it's not still not there. So I applied for emergency kind of um, travel which I was turned out, so I don't know.
1: And now you got a lot of people involved in this, I believe, I including TDs and us <laughs> as, <well>. <laughs> yeah, as well, yeah, and we have some um, correspondence have back. CDs,
12: yeah. yeah, I tried to fight my case, and I don't know if it's a coincidence, or it just happened that the minute they got involved, the passport office got back to me about different problem, that it's not because of the medical reason, it's because of a missing document, which I never really had to submit before, it's my daughter's third passport. That, makes, that doesn't make any that, sense um, to me because they, they said that,
9: marriage
1: Yeah, oh a marriage cert I thought it yeah. was a name spelt wrong or a maiden name well,
12: what they said to me was that I signed my name and my marriage name on the application um, and that my name is different on the child's birth cert which is true because I wasn't married then but I'm married since 2014 and that's her third passport so on the second passport I already signed my married name and that was fine that was never a problem
1: it's your child's third renewal is it? It is third renewal, yes. So why is it a problem third time round when it wasn't a problem first? I and don't second? know.
12: I asked them. I actually couldn't get through when you were in the passport office. Because
1: uh, the because the, the information we have here is that it has to do with them being unable to assist you in processing this application as urgent because they can only consider processing under eighteen applications as urgent where the applicant is required to travel yes. abroad urgently. Why do the that kids have the to go? Case, why do the kids yes. have to go with you?
12: Um, well, child has to go with me because I have no one to mind there here and I have two children, one has special needs and they both have to come with me. My husband was off work for so long. I've been three times in the hospital for two weeks each time and he just had to take care of the kids. It's it's impossible for him to take any more time off.
1: He literally can't take any more time off. He'd have to leave his job. I
12: have no family here, you know. I'm on my own, my husband and myself only, so there's no one here to mind the kids.
1: He can't get special leave or anything or compassionate leave, nothing like that.
12: Not really, no. And the fact that, you know, it's only a small problem, like it's only... Literally pushing the passport printing by two days.
1: Isn't it just that simple?
12: That's what I. That's what I said to them, and I said to them all along. All I need is just that somebody actually takes the passport away from the queue and puts in front of the queue for printing. That's all I needed. Two days to be pushed, and they said no. So.
1: And then there's I, another one here with which goes on about your child's application. Um, blah 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 blah. It appears you have signed your married name, which is different to your birth cert name. But that's you, isn't it?
12: It is me. And you see, when you apply so... for a child passport, you have to go to the either guard guard station or some other place to witness. So if I did sign my name and my maiden name, the guards wouldn't, wouldn't sign it because it wouldn't be me. My legal documents are all my own married name, like, you know. So I had to sign my married name. I'm not using my maiden name since 2014. The last time I used my maiden name was when I signed the... Document for marriage, you know.
1: Okay, okay. So, so we've got in touch with them as well. Uh, in fact, we've also been on to the Department of Foreign Affairs on your behalf. So oh, maybe. Was no yeah.
12: Luck.
1: <laughs> yeah. So when is uh, when is the surgery, and when are you due to um, fly?
12: Well, I'm not booked in for surgery. I'm booked in to go for a specialist. And the problem is they can they can get me in on the 10th of November. I have to fly on the 9th, but if I cancel that, then I won't be able to be seen until March because they they just booked out. There's no special... That's
1: Tuesday, then, of next week.
12: Yes, and I had to travel to Dublin because I can't get a flight from Cork, so I had to drive up to Dublin.
1: So the real reason they're saying, really, to be honest, is that it's you who needs to travel, not your daughter, isn't it? And that's not deemed as being an emergency, that your daughter, even though... Is it your daughter has special needs? No, my son. Okay, but you just need to take both of them with you, and they just don't see that.
12: You know, I can't separate them from myself. Like, you know, there is there's no way that So have you said that if you don't
1: that if you can't travel you'll miss the you'll miss the appointment Yes um, and if and you can have you told him I cannot leave my kids because I guess- my hu- I can't my husband can't get any more time off and will have to lose his job
12: So I emailed them the first time I emailed them kind of explaining a situation and I I um just asking would it be possible, so they said no, so then I emailed again, explaining the situation further that um, I really have to go, that my son has special needs, my daughter cannot stay alone, that I just explained absolutely everything and they just never gotten back to me since.
1: They don't regard um, that as being time-sensitive imperative for an yeah. applicant to travel for such reasons, so therefore, not you, not you, but your daughter's passport will continue to be processed normally, in line with the rest of the time frames for everybody else's passport, sorry. Yes,
12: that's true. And then, um, like, Crazy. you know, when I applied for the passport, I actually counted the days, and I was exactly in the time frame of a 15 working days to get it.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, but that, that counts for nothing anymore, that 15 days. I day. know that
12: too. <laughs> you know,
1: it's more like, it could be 15 weeks, doesn't even count for anything now, yeah. you know.
12: It's just, you know, I thought that there will be a place that you can ring in in this kind of circumstances and that you, somebody emergency. will be there to help you. Yeah, before, you get... to Listen, to holidays, before you could get... go abroad for holidays. Before
1: you could have got an emergency passport, a temporary one, all such things. I yeah, mean, the
12: problem with that is, you see, I didn't know that before, and if you apply online, you cannot go into the office and apply for express passport or emergency passport. I know. You have an already lodged Listen, in. Listen,
1: the clock is ticking for you. Okay, uh, and we're okay. going <laughs> to have to... Let's see what the Department of Foreign Affairs say on your behalf, and let's see if shaking this yes. tree violently yet again might make a big difference between now and early next week. Well, you know? I
12: run them, you see, and uh, the first time I ran the Department of Foreign Affairs, uh, the woman that answered actually slammed the phone on me, and she told me to ring back. Before she hung up, she told me to ring back at seven, that there would be someone there, which I did, and that person couldn't be any nicer. He was so nice, but unfortunately he couldn't help me, because he had nothing to do with the passport, so...
1: So why you was know? he answering the phone if he has nothing to do with passports? It was, it,
12: was a, it was a different line. It was if you get kind of stuck abroad and you need help, you know. But I didn't know. I kind of tried everything that I could.
1: There's no, there's no excuse for somebody slamming down the phone on you.
12: Yeah, she didn't even. I didn't even get to say goodbye and thank you. She just um, slammed the phone on and that was it. So.
1: so if you can't go, and unless some miracle happens between now and then, yeah. that's going to be bad news for you and your, and your treatment, isn't it?
12: It is about news because uh, here, obviously, you know, the way the situation is, I have to wait and they don't guarantee that someone will actually take care of me because they don't know what to do anymore. Do you
1: know something? To uh, in, it's to too be, risky. Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, for all of the time that was taken up, sending you back emails and responses and getting this response back to you and checking this and that and the other, it would have been a lot faster just to give you the passport.
12: I know that, and I, I was asking nicely it wasn 't the case that I went at them and demanded no, I, no. I was really nice about it, and i just I actually nearly begged them to give the passport you know just to just to put it into printing the and the
1: amount of admin and work that went into toing and froing back and forth back and forth and forth you just hit print faster yeah. and wonderful. you know what
12: you ring, and the lines are closed as automatically uh, automatically going into the voicemail dash they're busy and they
1: don't take any calls. Oh, it's unfortunate. So
12: there's no way you can actually contact them. I know. But I even know. if you do, they just can't can't help you at
1: all. Well, listen, let's see what the next day or two do, you know, and see if the you know, our intervention will make any different can't make any promises, but if you uh, hear anything in the meantime, come back and we'll certainly you know, be in thank touch you with so you.
0: Much. Okay, Daria, you're thank lovely. You so take Thanks care. Bye. Bye. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106 Red FM You
1: bet a huge response then by email and phone call and what have
0: you to Cork's best
1: partner or husband or dad me, I mean like really really an awful lot of emails and I'll be coming back to it on Monday with lots of calls because we've got some great prizes now and the prize list continues to grow. So dinner for two with the mess in the Metropole Hotel, thank you to the Trigon Hotel Group, to Sandra Murphy they've also given us a second one which is dinner for two in the New Yorker Bar and Restaurant, part of the Cork Interna- that's in the Cork International Hotel. We also have the smart casual outfit from Andrew and the gang at Simply suits for the man in your life from their new casual range. We also have vouchers for dinner for two at the Corraheen Park Greyhound Stadium. Uh, Kira from the Oriole is going to give three months gym membership uh, for Talbot Fitness out there. And we got a mini valet from Revive Me Car Wash and Valeting in the Marina Commercial Park for the car in his life, for the van, or whatever the case may be. So that list of prizes keeps growing longer and longer for the best calls and texts and emails. I want to talk about my amazing husband, Kevin O'Rourke. He's simply the best. I'm sure there'll be Lots of other amazing stories of husbands overcoming lots of challenges and heroic incidents. But Mike Kevin's our hero every day, sometimes just in a small way. We're a family of four, proud parents to two amazing boys, Dara, Jake. And I'm so grateful that they have such a kind and loving, selfless dad who never fails to put smiles on his handsome face and floods our home with positivity and love. Um, he works hard, typical dad, loves nothing more than his bottle of beer, the stove lighting and watching sport with the boys. That's supposed to be a no-no for women actually. It's on the top 10 list of he wrecks my head because he's drinking beer and watching sport, but you seem to be okay with it, which is fine. He's genuinely an all-round nice guy involved in coaching hurling and football and soccer in Carrigaline in spite of the fact that he's a blow-in from Waterford. <laughs> he always puts me first. The little things that he does makes him the best husband. Best hot water bottle in the car on a cold morning for the school run. Ah. <laughs> Puts a hot water bottle in the car, (laughs) empties the dishwasher and does the hoovering. I could go on and on, says Fiona. I love it. And i just do one quick one here, if you don't mind, just quickly. Uh, I'm a really lucky girl to have a husband like mine. Where do I start? Uh, We were 16 when we met. We were very young. It lasted for about a month. I moved on, met someone else, had kids. Fast forward a few years later, uh, myself and himself met again. He raised my girls like his own. We also had uh, two kids of our own. We got married in 2012. Three months later, my father passed away. Fast forward a year later, my husband got very sick with leukemia. He fought it to be there for us. He eventually went back to work after months of chemo. Fast forward 2017, he relapsed and I found out I was six weeks pregnant the day he started chemo in isolation. Could you imagine, just picture the beepers going off to call the nurses to disconnect him from his chemo so that he could go out for a smoke. (laughs) God. Mind you, Neil, I did the pregnancy test in the bathroom of the CUH without him knowing it. (laughs) So then we had to go to Dublin uh, for a transplant for him. Spent four months up there without seeing our kids. But by God, he fought and fought to be home for Christmas for the kids. And he sure did do that. Fast forward to last year, another relapse. Big meeting with doctors who told him to get things in order as he mightn't see Christmas. But did that get him down? No way. He fought and said, not a hope. I'm going to keep fighting for my wife and kids. He's the most caring man on earth. He would do anything for anyone. Always a smile on his face and still lives his life to the max. Do we kill each other at times? God, yeah. What couple doesn't argue? Uh, On God, some days he can be a nag. Like during the week he had man flu. Man flu is a real thing, incidentally, ladies. Anyway, thank God he's better now. But really, he's the best ever. He's been through a very tough time through the years, and he still puts up with my nagging and still gives me and our kids the very best he can. That's a beautiful email. I read it out not even knowing his name, nor yours, but it's a beautiful, beautiful email. And for me, it says an awful lot. Of course, it's about love and endurance and being kind, but it's also about battling on and fighting, and not taking a diagnosis lying down, so well done to you both, and to all of the family lovely lovely email, thank you for it that's just a selection of them, there are many many more like that, but talking about love right, and loves in people's lives, you can keep those emails coming, neil at redfm.ie Bernice you've, can Hello. you hear me, you've been on my mind a lot this week you really and truly oh, i been on my
8: mind a lot this week <laughs>
1: I'll tell you why. Firstly, because Joe, the hairdresser, said that he's doing your hair today for your Mm -hmm. wedding. And then I got... And and I'll let you get back to it in a minute. And then the other day, I got a text in saying, you need to get Bernice back on the air to see what size of a hamper she's sending to Australia this year. So we need to do that at some stage, all right? We will, we will. Okay. Don't worry. But but now, at the moment, you're fixated on other things. And Ah. the nerves are very bad, I'm told. Very bad. Jenny. When, when's, when's the wedding? Is it tomorrow? Today, yeah. Today. Today. <laughs> oh my yes, God. Five o'clock today. Five o'clock today?
8: Friday, <laughs> <Right>, of course. I'm going to my hair done today and Well, you see, I'm a
1: man. Yeah, you clearly wouldn't get your hair done today and sleep in it tonight. I understand. Yeah. Okay.
11: Yeah.
1: And why aren't, why aren't you enjoying every moment of it?
8: Because, yeah, I, 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 really, I am enjoying it but of course you're going to be nervous as well, you know what I mean we'll be nervous and tearful, very tearful Tearful as well? Very tearful, yeah
10: Why
1: girl? You're 35 years engaged It's about time you married Brendan
8: I suppose I'm afraid because you say no when they get the cherry up the night.
1: <laughs> Do you really think that would ever happen?
8: You never know. strange things have happen.
1: Are you afraid that when you get to crowned was it our lady crowned, I think, isn't it? Our lady crowned, yeah. That he won't be there.
8: I'm
1: only joking. He'll be, he'll be there. there, he'll be he'll there, be he's there. waited he's waited handsome, this long.
8: Hands, handsome
1: as ever. Handsome as ever. Thirty five years. I think the longest engagement I ever came across. <laughs> My and God. is is Joe making a nice job of the hair now, is he?
7: Joe is I'm telling
8: you now, he's just fantastic. He has gone beyond in the what he's up doing my hair down.
1: Is there a little? Oh, you have to, is there two weeks working it? You no, know, I came
8: out two weeks ago and he did the colour and he done the and all that kind of thing. He traced it all and then back today, you know, for
1: for What a job! Today's the crowning glory, like the finishing touches. Is there a glass yeah, of champagne? Is there a glass of prosecco or champagne at hand? There's a cup of tea
8: there. And he <laughs> a cup of tea, right? That's the best thing to calm your nerves. <laughs> well, if he, if he at the moment do we fine there now.
1: <laughs> so, what's the plan later then? Five o'clock for getting hitched. What are, you, are you going to. What pub are you going to again? Cobar in Mayfield And you got pals there and you're going to have. Are
8: you, is there food coming in from a chipper? Well, Indeed. Your poison will be up in the Cobar at half a day from up <laughs> in the chipper. I love the pies from Murphy's Nine chipper. Nine ten, you know, I couldn't go anywhere else no, because you said you wanted the pie from Murphy's chipper. So I said we have to stick with your plan, your phone <laughs> So they'll be delivering at a half state.
1: There's no way they them out here by one o'clock today, is there?
8: <laughs> no, they won't be delivering today by one o'clock today, no, they'll be delivering the Cobran or a half state tonight and they pack the <laughs> it in the bag or something that's up to Two, yeah, wrap it up at ten five. <laughs> that the, you see, we done that part. You she must for God's sake!
1: Morning. What are you? What's your problem, pal She's a paying customer. Calm down.
8: You telling you calm down there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> the customers always right, Joe. <laughs> He's
0: telling
1: you telling that I'm very nervous. What's the plan then tomorrow? Are you off on holidays? Honeymoon? Have you and, done um, all the stuff? We didn't. We didn't do anything like that. are you're not
8: doing we didn't that, like? Anything. No, we didn't plan anything for after it. We didn't even plan anything for today. I
1: just to be. You've done it all before. You've been doing it for 35 years. Mm, yeah, I suppose that's true, life. Anyway, listen, I didn't want the opportunity to pass without wishing you the best, the very best for today, yourself and Brendan.
8: <laughs> and I want to thank you, Nina, and I also want to thank the girl that shown done my Flows. They were fantastic. And she put a butterfly into it for my sister, as I was talking to on the radio the past, I know.
1: No, oh, the flower s- as a butterfly, and your sister of I'm course will so. be represented well, by the butterfly. She'd be there with my you. She did like what
8: you. she done. The girl of the flower, and on long boots yesterday,
1: done all my nails and stuff. Well, have a great, great day today, right? Really enjoy it, every minute of it, because it was long enough coming your way, and you deserve it. Oh, yeah thanks very very much and all your team will play in all everything right. and listen w- when you've got the uh, hamper list for Australia ready we'll chat again about it alright we will buy no hassle we will buy I yeah. want to play I want to yeah. play you a song I think you got a special song in your life I think it's uh, it's probably Percy Sledge is it? this yeah. When, when a man loves a woman so this is for you have a great day today Bernice thanks very very much thank you God bless ok bye bye bye, bye. Now, Joe, you can have her back. Have a great day today, Bernice. That's Percy Sledge, When a Man Loves a Woman. Lines are open at one 850 There's a lot of, uh, actually talking about performers, I see Ed Sheeran making the news today. For those of you that are redhead, or indeed ginger, as he puts it, he says that he's absolutely sick to death of all of the ginger hair gags. Apparently, recently, Graham Norton, on the Graham Norton Show, Graham Norton compared him to an orange tabby cat. And you can't be doing those kind of things anymore. People can get very upset about their hair. We found that recently on television, didn't we, when a woman's hair was uh, remarked. I think somebody said it was like an alpaca or something. You can't be saying those kind of things. Um, Anyway, apparently Ed Sheeran now said, I was kind of sat there uh, um, when Graham Norton compared my hair to an orange tabby cat. I was kind of sat there and I said, okay, I know people find this funny, but I'm also wondering at what point does everyone go, listen, we can't rap on gingers anymore, um, it's the one thing you're still allowed to do, he says, and it needs to stop. So that's uh, Ed Sheeran on his hair. Um, probably, probably the only worry in his life for the moment. But I suppose it's a reasonable one. And, you know, there's other stories then. I think I mentioned that somebody compared him to a, a cat. But talking about pets, and I know I mentioned earlier on during the week about pet food and the aisles and aisles and aisles of pet food. Now, you can spend your money on whatever you want. It's none of my business. But they're taking it to a new level now. And in the mail this morning, if you if you'd thought you had plenty of television channels and didn't need any more, there's another one soon that's going to launch on Monday. And it's a new TV channel for dogs. It's called Dog TV. And apparently it will air from Monday on its own channel. And if you want to know what it does, well, it will alleviate conditions that, suf- that pets suffer from, like separation anxiety, loneliness. And stress, and the TV channel, I have no idea how they will do this, what kind of shows they will have. I have no idea, except that it is a channel for dogs called Dog TV. I mean, up until now, if you did want to leave a channel on for a dog or a pup on the television when you went out, because they might get lonely and isolated or maybe anxious, you'd probably leave on a cartoon channel, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like really like Cartoon Network or something like that? Because I'd say dogs would be entertained by cartoons, I would think. Cats, I I don't know what you would do for cats. I haven't a clue. But apparently Cartoon Network just won't do it anymore. They now have their own television channel. The crazy world we live in.
4: The Neil Prendival show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 104 106.
1: It'll hey, be Monday now before I come back to my man as the best man calls and stuff lads because I'm going to be out of time but I just want to mention as things reopen and we need to big up the positive both Pantos well two Pantos are back on Leeside and possibly more across the county. I can tell you now that the Pantos back at the Everyman as well. CADA Performing Arts are back with their Panto and it's a story in the examiner this morning they're doing Aladdin at the Everyman so that's great and they're back with 100% capacity, 650-seater venue, and they're waiting for your bookings. While that's happening in the Everyman, the Adventures into Pantoland is happening at uh, the Opera House. This is Nanny Nelly's Adventures into Pantoland. I love this, actually, because it's like um, uh, a mix em gatherum as my mother used to say, of all pantos in one. So Jasmine's in it, and Peter Pan, and Cinderella meets so- Snow White, and all that kind of thing. And they battle it out to save Pantoland from ruin. I think it's a great idea and good luck to Trevor Ryan and to Frank Mackey so both pantos are running uh, Catherine Mann Buckley's at the Everyman and uh, Trevor and Frank's at the Opera House and that's great news, congratulations to both. book away mad lads, book away mad last batch of free food Friday shout outs good morning to everybody at Rathbeacon Fireplaces working hard, to everybody at the Marion Pharmacy and Friars Walk, Trevor Toolhire on the Victoria Road, would love some pizza to keep him happy, Kilbarry Industrial Estate is the home of Lion's Life, so good morning to all of you, Colors Edge Boutique in Mount Oval, Valerie Walsh in Upper Kent Road because she's an amazing worker and a hairdresser Bar One Racing and Turnus Cross because they're also amazing Northside Tires on the Old Mallard Road the Maguire Suite at the Dementia Unit of St Luke's Home in Mahan are listening Art Fallon Late Night Pharmacy the River Lane Bar and Social Club in Bar- Blarney Street Glenline Fitted Furniture in Ballyville Land. Kevin Condon Financial Services in Blackpool are listening, and everybody at Irish Removal's in Bishopstown. That's as many shout-outs as I'll get. We'll pick a winner, or at least Mark will uh, take it, make a draw now, and we'll pick a winner in the next few minutes. In Oak Fire Pizza, feeding up to 15 of you with all of the sides included. So that in a few minutes' time. I love stories like this, actually. And thank you to Pat O'Connell, who got in touch with me, and he sent me a fantastic receipt, which goes back to 1973. Everybody seems back in the day to been getting married in the Metropole. It seemed to be the place to go, and it's some August fourth, nineteen seventy-three. It was the day he married the love of his life, Catherine, and he joins me by phone. Brilliant receipt, Pat. Good morning. Good morning mate. Ah, oh my God, where'd you dig it out of?
13: I I was looking through some old folders, wedding folders at home, you know, sitting down doing nothing, and I just found the receipt there.
1: Isn't it a wonder um, that you held on to it? In fairness,
13: oh yes, I, I am kind of a hoarder like that. I I I actually found the receipt of my when I went away on my honeymoon, which was dumped it from all.
8: Dumped it from all.
13: <laughs> <laughs> seven seven days in the Strand
1: Hotel, twenty eight pounds. <laughs> Did you get good weather? oh you did yes All uh, right. August was grand August okay, yes. would be decent enough <laughs> and that that was the love of your life Catherine who is still the love oh, of your life yes. although she passed away Na- some time ago Miss Fortune a Na- long time ago
13: I know about 13 years ago so
1: eh. it's an amazing yeah. receipt because uh, yes. it comes in at uh, £188 63 pence
13: yes <laughs> and there was, there was a couple of things they sent back that uh, they, they took back but
1: I didn't yeah so after the returns oh. you sent back a lot of the baby I'm mixtures sorry. and a bottle of gin and a half, and a, half a dozen baby <laughs> sham it came in at 195 yeah. but a lot of the old reliables are on there like the whiskey and the sherry and the vodka yeah. I see the my yeah. wadi on it
13: there was a my wadi on it, yes. There was, was, was that's for one of the kids that was
1: there, <laughs> and the gin and the six dozen right. stout and the beer and the lager. Yeah. But the big drink at the time with the women was baby sham.
13: Yes, baby sham. There was an awful lot of baby sham. Three um, dozen of it. There was a lot more actually because my mother-in-law, uh, who's been a very cute woman, brought in a load of drink. She threw a towel over her bag and brought it, and she was she was like a, a barmaid down the corner filling whiskeys and vodkas and everything and sending them out to everyone. <laughs>
11: <laughs> she's a little bootlegger. She's a little
1: bootlegger in the corner. <laughs>
13: yeah, yeah, yeah. So she has me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: my, wa- but you know, was, yeah, my, my waddy is still with us. But nobody, can you even still get baby sham? I don't think you can. I think what is it? Is a small bottle of champagne? Was it? The, yeah,
13: it was a miniature champagne badly.
1: And did women feel It was primarily women It was only women
13: drank all, It was all women drank that Yes, it was all women drank that
1: yeah. yeah, it felt posh I
13: suppose, did they? Oh yes, it was only posh asking for a baby
1: sham so. I-, I told it's back actually It's all the rage again now apparently this. Is that Or, right? le- or at, least yeah. the, at least the baby sham glasses are back for some reason They're yes. all the rage now You know that shape of the, the glass That wide, wide That's right, the wide glass, yeah
0: where did you meet? We met
13: actually at a match. I, I, I it's an interferral match and in, and in, in, in uh to attended us play the finals up in the old Ladies Hospital. Uh, but she was working with Harrington's paint factory. Yeah. I I didn't work there but I was a, a guest player with them. Were well, you, you played hurling, did you? I did. I played hurling, yes, yeah. So <laughs> the funny thing about it we 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 won the final and we met after inside in the bar so I asked her out down to the stardust. Yeah. Down to I the stardust. Know, until actually until weeks after she told me the guy I was marking in the match she was over the night before and she had a day for the beginning that night. <laughs> she was keeping her options
1: open you see.
13: Yes, I suppose, I think my legs look nicer at the
1: time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you had hurlers' yeah. legs, I suppose. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the rest and the rest is history. You, I mean, I mean, you played a lot of hurling. Did you play? Did you play All Ireland hurling? No,
13: no, I, I never played with cock. I was selected with cock all right. now, with the for a long time. It is so we won a couple of
1: All ireland Go away, and where
13: you know what? You know, on the
1: day of the wedding, that's the drinks bill. But do you recall the food? The food, yeah,
13: I believe it or not, I have the the menu. <laughs>
1: fantastic.
13: We, we we had vegetable soup, we had roast chicken and ham, uh, buttered carrots, uh, croquet and creamed potatoes, and there was
1: uh apple tart and cream. And tea. that isn't was that the just, menu. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just a fantastic dinner? Yes, you know? it was very good. <laughs> fantastic. How many people?
13: Eighty-four people were at the wedding. Amazing, sure. amazing, and yeah. it's
1: seventy-three. Now we are talking about afternoon and night weddings, none of this morning yes. stuff, kind of know.
13: Oh yeah, that was a morning wedding, though. Yours? Yes. What's that different a about a morning wedding. one? I mean, we we I got married in the morning, and we went to the hotel straight after the the church. What time would that That'd be? be uh, that would be around, we got married around 10 o'clock, I think, and it was around 12 o'clock or so.
1: Yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, you could crack open the champagne or the baby champagne at midday, all right.
13: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what happens then is, like, you finished seven or eight o'clock at night, and most of the people then went back to the uh, in laws' house you know, and on. They have another party there. Big
1: party and a sing song. Get yeah. the guitar out. You and yeah. your big flared trousers, I suppose. Nineteen seventy three. Yes, I had a big flared. I bet you, I you did. Yeah, And I suppose you had a moustache and, and, and your hair was long. Was it like a, like a hippie? I, I had.
13: I, that's one thing I never had was long hair. Nineteen seventy three. No. Oh, had curls. If I let my hair go long, it just went into curls. <laughs> all I ever wanted. All I ever wanted was a ponytail. Go <laughs> no away. I not get a ponytail because my hair just went in like just went out
1: straight away into big curls I better not say anything because I'd be insulting men with ponytails and who wants to do <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> that's all I ever wanted oh my god it's a great it's a uh, great receipt great life together I bet you did
13: we had we had a very good life together I had. I enjoyed every minute of it you know? like, she was very good actually because I, I walked away a lot I was in she had to look after the children growing up you know and
1: no, that's the one thing about it. Since you did a very good job with it. All so. the kids reared now, getting on with their own lives. Yeah, they're, all ma- they're all married now and all. Now, you're a granddad, I suppose, you, Pat? I am, yes. Well, I that's... have two grandchildren there now. Well, fair play to you. And the honeymoon yeah. costs £20, does it? <laughs> £20. <laughs> don't for more that was a lot of moolah then in 73 though it was right? yes it was but I, I, I only stayed a week
13: because I had to get back because I had a whole match that following Sunday
1: yeah I'd say a week and for more, <laughs> more is plenty I'd say is it well, well yes it was. <laughs> listen yeah. a great story thanks for sending on the receipt people love these no kind problem. of stories from back in yes. the day have a great weekend and kind regards to you alright all right. All right. Thanks very much Cheers Pat Bye. Take care Back after the break
0: Talk to Neil Printerville now 1851 Red FM You know the drill
1: Get on the phone For some Alpine skating Free Food Friday winner this week is all of the gang at uh, all of the girls at Sweetness Hair and Beauty in Blackpool. They're probably screaming with delight. So pizza on the way for you. If there's not enough of you to scoff on fifteen pizza. Share it with the business next door, please. And congratulations to you. If you're buying pizza the weekend, lads, check out Oak Fire Pizza. Going to love you and leave you. Just before I do, it's always great to big up things that are coming back because a lot of events weren't happening for the past couple of years. And Teen Idol is back. I know it's been running in Cork for over 19 years now. It had to park it for a while uh, for COVID. But this coming Sunday... Um, it's back. And if you want to be, I don't know, if you want to be the next Adele or Gavin James or Dermot Kennedy or Kanye or Beyonce, get yourself in there su- uh, Sunday afternoon at the Rosatown Park Hotel. So just quickly, Mark Cosgrove is the man behind that. Mark, Good morning. Good, morning. good, good my brother. And it's been tough over the past couple of years for you guys as a musician and somebody involved in entertainment. So delighted you're back with Teen Idol Cork. What's happening? Oh man, a lot of problems with phones this morning. Mark, you there? Not happening. Yeah, very yeah, it's just coming and going, so we'll we'll do the best we can. I don't have much time. So what's happening Sunday afternoon?
11: Yeah, it's um, basically we we decided when the restrictions were listed that we um, give it a shot basically because we had a lot of kids onto us. Suppose um, when when the cold was there, obviously, obviously looking for something to do, we couldn't do anything. Obviously, so yeah. we decided when 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 restrictions were listed that last minute that we do it. So we kind of done it kind of in the last minute. We didn't have we no sponsorship, no nothing. So we kind of do doing it ourselves. Kind of, um, it's um, just of gang we've been doing it it for the last nineteen years. Getting together, basically, we're just trying to um, just to, just to push it up for something. Yeah, I mean, because of the know. way we
1: are now, you have to adapt. And let's get the shout out out there that because uh, it's it's kind of like from there's two groups, isn't there? Seven to twelves and thirteen yeah, to eighteen. Well,
11: it was always teen, teen idol was always just uh, teens, obviously from uh, thirteen to nineteen and to uh, nineteen. Sorry, um, and I say about five six years ago we just brought the junior idols in, which is great for, for the younger kids. Um, and to see them, like what we do, we get like if they get through the audition stages, uh, basically they, they get it back in track. We hear to them, they've they, got they, they practice, it, then they come in the morning, yeah. and they'll do a practice in the morning with a real microphone and lights and the whole lot. Of that. Fantastic. So it's part of me, they'll you know do they?
1: that on Sunday morning, do they? In the morning, yes.
11: Well, well, the auditions will be this Sunday. So if we if we if we have enough, what we well, do is we normally run a couple of shows and then we yeah. go final. Yeah. But if we have enough, if we have enough kids, we well, we're just looking at a final this year just to get just to get it, keep it going. And I know. So, and
1: Sunday is the first step on the journey to the final. And Sunday's of course, first, and there's so. a, and th- well, this is a fantastic scholarship at the Cork School
11: of Music to the
1: Academy of Popular
11: Music. Right? This is good. Yeah. But, but Dr. Trish uh, Trishoni, sorry. Um, yeah, Trish has been very good every year. She sponsors every year. Normally, we normally we have a couple of other, other people on on board a sponsorship. All but right. as I said, with the time we didn't we didn't get a chance to get anybody on board. But we said we'd run it anyway. So, you know. Um, okay, so I know it's year two year o'clock. Spring,
1: sharp uh, Roadstone Park. What do people have to do between now and then to get involved?
11: Well, basically, just turn up on a day, and um, we don't have any times that people have to do. It. We don't have any schedule. day they say it like. Um, we, we don't give them a tiny they just turn up. Um, Everything is not the COVID procedure. Um, we have an area for to to wait outdoors um, and basically. Uh, we just, we bring them in. We, obviously, they're masked up. We have uh, a sanitizer unit for them that we give themselves. Um, and they just come in, do the audition, and we take it from there. You know, we, we contact, them by, contact them by the phone after that. After that. Fantastic. Okay. And, and as I said, also, about the fantastic. to sponsors the show with the room itself. And the finals will actually be on the, in the main competing suite itself, you know. So, okay, okay, um, okay. So, hopefully, okay. okay, everything going well. We're just, we're just trying to get a bit of a, a punch, trying to get some buzz into the, uh, get the uh, people into pretty actual auditions themselves, you
1: know. Okay, my man. Okay, so fair play. So, there's no online booking, there's no advance work. Just two o'clock at Rosedale
11: you know, Park, okay. As I said, it's just two Royal anti you know, just turn up on the Sunday. And, uh, and as I said, it's a great experience. You know, we had a lot of great talent that we wrote up. You know, he was one of our best. That's friends, right, yeah. He wanted to go back. Uh, 70 years so well, it was a be every man at the final there, where the a couple of other great, great, great Cork talent as well. All right, my man. Well, well,
1: listen, I, I wish I had more time, but let us get the message out. It's yeah. two o'clock, Rochett Park Hotel, two groups, seven to twelves and 13 to 18s. There's bound to be some talent who'll turn up on Sunday and you'll spot them. Thanks, Mark. Cheers, thanks. my man. Good luck, luck with it. Thanks, Take thanks, care. Thanks, Lines so are stay well. open at one 8 50 104 Text 104 Sorry, Text 0 86 8 and we'll pick up the conversation again on Monday. Stay safe. I'll see you Monday.
4: Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.